Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 204 of Hotline League. It is a great night tonight because Elsius is back. We have stuff to talk about. Things happened. Games were played. My God, it's been so long. Uh, so we're going to be talking. <laughs> we're going to be talking about that. Uh, we have a great guest on who I will introduce shortly. Uh, we also have probably around halfway through the show a cool TGI announcement, and it's not. Hopefully, you guys all get excited about it. I don't want to want to super over to hype everyone's expectations, but it's pretty cool for Travis Gafford Industries and associated individuals. Uh, but we'll get to that in a bit. First off, my constant co-host is here. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Had a pretty eventful day. I streamed myself making Blame Game in the morning. Um, so people got to see how many fucking takes it takes me to actually nail my lines. It took me a half an hour. And it's all going to get chopped down to a seven-minute video, including like three hours of prep. Uh, so I did that, played some Genshin, then built some furniture, got a new coffee table. Oh, you know, shit's popping over here. Yeah, you did room. you not? Did you not have a coffee table when I last visited? Or I, did you? I, I had a coffee it. table, but this one's bigger and better. Okay. Did the other one get broken by animals in your home? Yeah, my fat ass cat somehow broke a coffee table. Travis. Well, I don't know. Maybe it scratched it a ton, you know. And there's all this very <laughs> the cats are very damaging to furniture. So no, it's fine. Uh, okay. Uh, what really quickly? What is? I haven't even looked at the the outline for it yet. What is the show tomorrow about? The or the blame game? Well, it comes out Wednesday. First off, yes, Glad I know, but you know it's getting edited tomorrow. Uh, one is Abadaga on his Sindra game versus FlyQuest. And one is a, a certain top laner Scion build. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I don't know who played Scion. <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, yeah? You don't remember that game? Oh, well, I'm excited to hear that. Okay, well, the voice you just heard now is Giotto. Uh, you may know him formerly from his time at Armortals uh, or some other teams outside the North America region before then. But now, the newly minted coach of Team Liquid. How's it going, Giotto? Going great. Not as an eventful day as Marx. Uh, did not play Genshin, <laughs> but uh, just managed to wake up a bit later than usual since it was our first free day. And yes. I am spending my first free day with both of you, which okay. is great. I'm I was honored. about to say, what a mistake. Yes. <laughs> well, to be clear, it's 7 o'clock at night here, so I don't think you're spending your, your day with us. I think the day's almost done. What's, what's an Andre free day? Like, what do you, what do you, what's your relaxation time? What do you do? The week after. <laughs> so you there's say? no more, there, there no, there's not much time to relax. They just prepare <laughs> what we want to do for the next week. So you were working today. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. Yes, exactly. Uh, either way, glad to have you on the show with us. Uh, really quick shout out to Alienware and Gamefield for sponsoring. Uh, but... What are we going to talk about tonight? Well, lock-in has occurred, which is fantastic. There are games to talk about. Not everyone is running their full team. Uh, some players or some teams are not even running any of their team. Uh, so we'll discuss that. Uh, what else has happened? I guess there's all the conversation for the new broadcast. Um, <clears throat> you know, people can call in, and uh, Mark will be sure to call to take any call that you take about how Mark is the best and jet sucks and we'll talk about that on the show uh no we won't <laughs> just so, kidding <laughs> a, a funny thing about my week was i, I put that video out you know uh, yeah. everyone very supportive and then on fucking wednesday kobe was sick so i did the dive and this or that 
then I didn't, the, when I had made that video, I don't want to say too much here, but like when I made the video, I didn't know what the talent assignments for the first week were. And then I ended up, I, I had the analyst desk day one and I cast day two and day three. And so I, I was on like literally piece of every piece of riot content for the first week. And I'm like, I swear, I'm not lying. I, I swear, I swear nothing I said in that video was a lie. Uh, I, I felt a, a little, a little silly though. I contend <laughs> that they, uh, they intentionally, after you put out that video, we're like, we're going to hit this no, guy no, as much no, content as no. possible to make him look like a jerk. No, uh, no, they didn't. They didn't do that. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yes, I thought it was great. Uh, but you know, be sure to subscribe to this channel so that Mark can continue. Um, no, I, no, sub to my own channel. Don't sub here. One thing I will say, I almost forgot about this, and I went and looked at the subreddit. What ha what came out the day after we did the show last week is a a article titled "Riot Games is investigating a top esports oh, team yeah. founder over bullying allegations." Uh, so I'm sure we'll have a call or two about that. Uh, you can't have a TSM topic, and this one's pretty spicy, of course. Um, so before we get into calls, do you want to just ask Yohoto about how lock-in has been for Team Liquid? Cause yeah, they, no, I was, I was just going over the, the topics, but if uh, I do want to oh, dive in. No, 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 it's good. I think that's mostly it. I can't think of anything unless uh, Twitch chat will remind us if that's the case, But if we forgot anything. But um, no, but yeah, go ahead. What, why don't you kick us off with some questions for Kyoto? Well, I just mean... Uh, did, right? What's that? Yeah, you just did. You want me to answer that? Yeah, just how was, how was lock-in week one? How does it match up with your expectations? Was EG better than you thought? Did you guys just have an off game? Like, some of that kind of stuff. I don't think any of those things needs to be true, that EG had uh, is better than I thought or that uh, we had an off game. I think EG is, is a good team. Uh, probably the team that is practicing with the full roster for the longest amount of time and that things do matter a lot when it comes to a tournament like Lock-In. Um, Don't you feel like but, uh, 100 Team think, might be the team? Was, like, one of the good games. Hmm? Doesn't it feel like 100 Team might be the team that was practicing with their lineup the longest? Okay, but they are in a different group. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not going to play against them. You know? Sure, sure. I, like, uh, in, in terms of our group, they are the team that's practicing with this roster longest. Yeah. Um, and I think that they're they are a really good team. I mean, it, they were already when uh, with all the signings. Re disregarding the hype or not about JoJo, like all the other four pieces were already very proven, uh, incredible players, right? Inspired won uh, the MVP in LEC. Impact has always been Impact. Vulcan, um, until Core gets his green card, is still the best resident support in, in NA. Um, and uh, and obviously, Danny had a fantastic uh, had a fantastic split. So I think that EG is just one of the strongest teams. And honestly, uh, the our game against EG was a game that both teams could have could have won. I think it was a game very well uh, disputed. And in the end, on some details, they were better than us. So then they won. Um, in terms of practice, obviously, it becomes a bit harder for us when when we have to practice on both teams. But um, when one door closes, the window opens, and I think that this Core JJ situation is a perfect uh, situation for us to show the talent that we have in Academy, both Ayla and, and Yon. Um, and I can see some bot lanes are struggling in lock-in, and I feel like the bot lanes that we have shown are better than a lot of the bot... Uh, I'm... I... Did we lose you? ...that are oh. playing lock-in from other LCS yeah. teams. I don't know if that was just on my end, but it was a little, a little broken for a second. Um, 
Gyoto, one quick question for you though. Uh, why why not just run one of the bot lanes? Why swap between the two of them? Is it just to showcase the the academy side, or you know what what's is it to make sure that the two LCS players have consistent practice? Like why swap back and forth? So we 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 have been practicing with both bot laners. Um, obviously, at the start we started with Core and Yon because Hansama and Bripo only arrived. I think it was like around the tenth uh, of of January. Uh, and since we had practice with both bot laners, and I see that uh, all four players are incredibly hardworking, I think it's just fair to to give all four players uh, games because during the during the weeks of practice, all four of them deserved so. Um, I think it just it just makes sense for us since it's a since it's a lock-in tournament with where you are supposed to do experiments for us to have a reading also on officials uh, which which of the bot lanes we we feel more comfortable and obviously showcasing the talent that we have because all four of the players deserve to play. Yeah, Mark, I don't know if you have questions. No, I just uh, how long do you think Core JJ will be able to hold on to his job with Ayla around? Uh, I don't think that question should go for core. I think that question should go at least for other five supports in the league, especially <laughs> oh, knowing shit. that Ayla is a resident. Uh, you're not wrong. You look fucking good this weekend. Yeah, no, super. He, he, he looked, looked, looked really, he looked good, really good. Yeah, he looked really good. And it's not that he looked really good. He he is really good. I think as well that people are not giving enough credit to to Jan. Um, but. Uh, He's he just played him and Core just played against what I think is probably the best bot lane in in the tournament, better than than FBI Huhi. At least I wasn't necessarily too impressed. I think that last year they were playing better. Obviously, everyone's still getting back to the rhythm, right? But um, I think they played versus one of the best, if not the best, bot laners in the tournament. And honestly, throughout the whole game, I think that Yon still had uh, some fantastic plays. Um, I think that if uh, if we are playing if we are playing versus Dig or CLG with Yon uh, and and Core, then I still think that they will be incredibly well. And I see a lot of people talking about Ayla and not enough people talking about Yon. When I also think he did a fantastic job. Yeah. Uh, big big important question. Uh, did uh, Bjerg get fined for rage quitting out of the game three times this weekend? <laughs> I mean, I think that's public. No, I am not like leaking anything here, right? Did it? I, I mean, I I had heard a rumor, so I'm curious. People were talking about it on Reddit that he's going to get fined three times for all the times he left I, early. I'm pretty sure if I if I had to guess, it's he probably three, got a warning the first time, and then he might. Yeah, have I don't know if it's three or two or one. Uh, I do know that Riot does fine <laughs> because of it. I know that Revenge last year was fined a lot because of the Alt F4. Um, so I, I mean, obviously like that's not something that it's my job to, to, to worry about someone else on TL will, will worry about that. And obviously <laughs> Bjergsen will have to worry about that as well, <laughs> but maybe he did. I'm, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. I do think that that, that role is a bit, uh, I mean, I think they the just don't want to see it. somebody as disconnected on screen whenever, <laughs> cause they want to use those, those, uh, Nexus, um, explosions i feel like for highlight reels and then you can't use them whenever or any footage whatever you just have giant text over the top it's like bjerg said just quit the game <laughs> it's i mean, I mean and, unless it's somebody yeah. actually rage quitting on the other team then you get like dardock quit the game and that's actually pretty good footage 
Yeah. But they like when when someone disconnects, it still doesn't appear, I think. Or does it? Maybe it does. I don't know. I Maybe. think it does. I mean, it shows we, we all yeah. saw it. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying like when someone disconnects, not when someone alt F4 is at the end, but if like someone just the internet just oh. cuts, you know? I think it does because that's usually you okay. see that and then you immediately see a pause on screen. Maybe it does. Yeah. Oh no, I think it's just a habit that like player. I mean, a lot of players have been a while since uh, they are only playing solo queue, not competitive. Bjergsen has been that situation more than others. Yeah. Um, since he didn't play competitive the whole year, and obviously when you are in solo queue, you just want to go next once you explode the nexus. So you just alt a four is just a habit. Of course, he has to get. Uh, rid of it if it's a rule of riot, but I don't think it's like. I mean, just get fined because I, you alt f you know, in yeah. a lock-in tournament. And I'm sure Bjergsen's making so much money, he wipes his ass with that amount. And doesn't it's probably not that big of a fine. I mean, it's still a fine, you know. Like, <clears throat> and I don't know how much money he makes. If you wanted to get out of me, like, obviously, I don't know how much. That's yeah. Mark was not trying to get what out. What percentage of money was the fine of Bjergsen's <laughs> salary? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, Mark. You have any other questions for Gyoto, or should we should we hop into it? Uh, I'm down to to get it going. Okay. I'm still pulling calls. I'll I'll do the spiel this time. Yeah, do the uh, spiel because it's been a couple episodes. So for people who haven't seen the show before, this is a live call-in show, so you'll be able to talk to Gyoto. I'm spamming the Discord link in Twitch chat right now. Go ahead and join up on Discord. Once you get in here, go and join one of the voice channels, Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2. You will hang out in there, mute your microphone. Please don't breathe into people's ears. Uh, and then in the text channels up above, Pleb Topics, that's where you're actually going to go right in your take. Um, you know, you think the TL's overhyped. You think they're going to win the lock-in tournament. You know, put in whatever you want. If we like your take, we'll pull you from there into the waiting room where you will hang out until it's your turn to come on air. After that, we'll do a quick little mic chest. Make sure you sound good, and then you'll be here. Asking Gilhoto your question. And if you are a sub, yeah. uh, thank you for subbing. First off, secondly, uh, make sure you sync with Discord your Twitch stuff so that you can get access to those subtopics chat. It does not guarantee you being on the show, but it does move a little slower, so it's easier, I think, for Mark to sometimes pull uh, from that channel. And we try to pull a mix from both. So uh, yep. keep, keep an eye out from there. Uh, while Mark is pulling the final caller, or he's calling a final caller he's pulling the final callers into the group but also he's off to grab our first one i want to give a shout out to some subs uh thank you to kanoke uh grazeview phoenix big white goon a drunk summoner i Nuber for a year zachary gg d fitch with a tier two thank you franz league and biagio thank you everybody who's subbing that's always very much appreciated and very helpful trethan is here trethan you've been on the show before yes yep Welcome back. Remind everyone where you're calling from. Uh, Jersey City, New Jersey. Jersey City, New Jersey. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? So my take is uh, with Gihoto, uh leaving Immortals the way he did, I'm almost certain this current Immortal season is doomed and they will be at the bonding the ugh, at the bottom standing wise. Oh, is it only because yeah, you want to expand a little bit on it? Is it only because yeah. of Gyoto or is it because yeah, of the other I, players? I legitimately think it's because he left. Because he left very close to before the season started, if my memory serves correctly. And I think it I think it seemed like a sudden shift, right? Especially with how all the players were definitely like getting his teachings and stuff. Of course they could, you know, expand on what he's given that team further and ro roll with it, but I think he was so integral to Immortal's success last season 
that I really do think is going to be a huge, huge, huge death knell for their current season. Well, we should say Immortals Progressive went 0 Immortals Progressive of the Great Lakes region. Yes, of the Great Lakes region. They went 0-3 uh, this past weekend, which I think is really surprising. Actually, Mark, you know, before we throw it over to uh, Kyoto, is do you think that Immortals 0-3 is the most surprising thing out of this first weekend of lock-in? Uh, I'm relatively surprised at it, especially since they only they, they played two of their quote-unquote easier teams in Dig and CLG. Yeah. Um, they have Team Liquid left. Yeah, and that's uh, probably an L coming their way based off how things look right now, unless they get Team Liquid look over them and don't realize that they're a threat and they're already looking to I mean, the I'm hyping stage, up the, but... the POE Bjergsen face-off. Um, I did that. I have an interview with POE where we talk about it. So, um... yeah. Either way, it's just like I was surprised to see them not look that good. Uh, and it was a concerning not that good of look. Like, sometimes teams go zero. Like, I don't know if, if Gehoda watched uh, any of the Vitality games. They they went 0-3. But, like, I, they were still making plays. They did some dumb shit. They did some aggressive stuff. It, it was a more impressive 0-3 than the Immortals one, where I actually felt kind of depressed almost by the end of their, of their weekend. What's that? That they just, like, roll over and die? Yeah, there's just not much proactivity. They were given the TF, and it was almost like an insult to like leave up TFK and be like, if you take TF, you're not going to do enough with it, and we don't care. Here, have it, PoE. Kind of like I, That's how it felt to me, where they're like, yeah, we, we don't respect it enough. We'll take this trade. Either we just get TF and we think it's broken, or you get TF and we don't care. And that's, that's how the game kind of ended up playing, where the, there was pretty much no influence by the TF in what is basically the strongest mid-pick in the game right now, it seems, globally. So um, that was concerning. They did look pretty mid, I will say. To me, to answer to answer your question, Travis, I think that the um, the C nine trio probably surprised me more than the the MT zero three. Um, when it comes to um, when it comes to to the the question of of the viewer or the take of the viewer, um, I I I obviously think that I had. A, a that I had the impact on on IMT, but I don't think that's why they went zero three, and I don't think that just because they went zero three, that's that means that they are going to be a, a like bottom team, um, bottom team LCS just because of that. Like we did see Dignitas also being last in last uh, lock in right, and then in spring split they were. Um, they were pretty high in the rankings, so I, I don't think that that needs to be an, uh, an or that's kind of an exaggeration. But uh, but yeah, I mean they they did kind of suck this weekend. Yeah. What did sure. you think of Revenge's play in particular this weekend? He sucked too. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like NA team blind picks Graves and he calls himself a good Aurelia player and then just defaults to sign because, oh my god, I'm playing versus Impact. Like, <laughs> what am I watching? I guess against him I won't have to ban Aurelia anymore. The guy just doesn't think he has the hands to play the champ anymore. Uh, what, he's yeah. in chat right now and he just put a question mark and then he says, what is this slander? So, uh, uh, I mean, you know, you see a bunch of physical damage on the enemy team, you see a TF and you're like, wow, I can just stack armors. Looks like Scion's dream, right? Isn't, isn't that a, a big brain fifth pick? But then your bot has to carry. 
Yeah, and then you're in a, a tough mid-match. Basically, I think they ended up with like three lanes getting pushed. Even just kind of got rolled after. It was a tough game. I was casting that one, I think. Um, uh, so how what what do you think their potential is uh, this split Kyoto? Because I know you're like, well, look at Dignitas. Like they were able to turn it around, and it's like. I don't know if anybody wants to be compared to Dignitas. Uh, no offense to Dignitas from last year, but it's not like they had like a stellar year. So I think there were like a lot of people thinking, happened, you know, what's that? Like it, like, it, but a similar situation happened. It, no one wants to be compared against Dignitas, and everyone is it was flaming Dignitas. The truth is that they still had a pretty good spring split, even after a disastrous uh, lock-in. So why wouldn't you want to be compared to Dignitas there? Just because it's the org Dignitas? I, I'm talking about no, no, the no because they I were not considered a top org, five you know? team I'm just talking last about, like, year. Team. Like yeah, mm-hmm. I I hear you on like they they did better in spring, right? But like, uh, no, no. you they did better than everyone expected. Like they weren't they like fourth or fifth place or something. Well, part of the During reason the I bring is they did spring, better yeah. than EG. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason I brought them up, or part of the reason. I I ask about how well they can do is I think a lot of people they I feel like for a lot of people they were kind of like the dark horse not necessarily people thinking that they were going to win but in the the sense of like oh they could sneak into the top 5 and maybe well into the top 5 like a lot of people were like hey there's not a lot of fanfare going on to this Immortals roster but I think a lot of people thought they could really um you know surprise people or like do better than than expectations and so that's part of the reason I ask you is like do you think that Immortals could be like a, a top contender in the league and really even if they don't have a ton of like flashy names on on their roster like you or you know LS coaching or something like that they you know maybe I'm asking do you think that they have that potential on them even after this rough start this weekend to be a defined uh, contender contender to, top top to five watch. top five pushing sometimes into top four top three I don't think they can reach top three I think that should be that that push shouldn't exist, but I can see them get top five. Yeah, even after this rough start, yeah, yeah. I can see them getting top five. Yeah, I think that. I, I mean, I I just I have obviously really big faith, big really big faith on the three players that stayed uh, that I that I coached last year. I think they are all very talented, um, and I think that especially. Uh, Poe was was uh, was an upgrade, and he had a fantastic last year. So I don't know. I, I think it's it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Like the other the other dark horse that we were talking about was FlyQuest, and they seemed, um, I guess irregular. That's a good way to say it. Losing yeah. to TSM Academy in like a weird fashion, but winning against 100 Thieves. To be honest, that was one of the biggest draft drifts that I've seen throughout the lock-in. But they still beat him. Caller, it sounds like even uh, Kyoto, as much as you're trying to pump him up, uh, he's not even willing to take your take that uh, Omorals is going to flunk out. So do you have any follow-up to any of the stuff we talked about? Oh, that that's fine. I, I feel like, you know, he doesn't want the old players to hate him or anything like that. Also, I do think you're all good. shit if Revenge and Xerxen doesn't hate you. I don't shit. I don't care. Like, <laughs> uh, right. I'm the first one after the zero three to go to revenge. And like, <laughs> I think my brain just disintegrated. <laughs> no, no, Andre, no win. You know, I'm the first one to go and tell him that. I, I don't. 
like yeah i don't care but oh, i yeah. just i just genuinely think that this is a very reddit hot take of like what fuck zero three so or let's put it in another way holy shit immortals went zero four in lock-in and they were eliminated so they must suck throughout the whole spring split i just think that that's a very like exaggeration because yeah. now let's say wow what the fuck tl lost 3g there's no way they can win spring well to be fair the like caller, it's... his other point was that you were gone. I feel like he was leaning more on the yeah, fact that it, you were it, it, it had the nothing team. really to do with the lock-in. I, I legitimately think it's because that you left that they immortals uh, for sure. And I agree with great you. Great people do worse. Yeah, but I, I agreed with you. Like, yeah. no problem also in agreeing with you on that. Like, I'm glad we're in agreement. Yeah, I just don't think it's like bottom of DLCS worse, as you said. Yeah, That's fair. You know... Okay, cool. Well, either way, Trethan, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to <laughs> shout out? Uh, Mountain Dew Game Fuel. Fantastic. Thank you so much Damn, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Have a good one. Yeah. He's better at the shout out than I am. I do it for money. Yeah, you still say the old branding. I still say amp sometimes. Shit. Yeah. All right. Off Mark goes to get our next caller. Thank you to Lit Drummer Boy for the 18 months. Flick Nickum for the 21 months. What'd you say? So can uh, someone ask Revenge to be a caller? You want to be a caller, Mo? I don't. I don't Come know. ask your question. I don't know. You don't have access to me now every day, so. Uh, Breaking Dreams is here. Breaking Dreams. Uh, where are you calling from? Sydney, Australia. Nice. What do you want to talk about on the show? So I know it's a bit early, but I my take is that it seems as though the Church of LS's ide ideology is already starting to come to fruition. Um, within the first week of lock-in, being that Fudge had the top three statistics for Mythic Item Buy, as well as the resounding notion of analysts highlighting the draft or the winning drafts throughout the games. Gotcha. Okay, so you already feel like the LS dream is coming to fruition. I like how it's starting for sure, yes. Okay. All right. Uh, Mark, why don't we kick you off? Because you, you actually did a uh, shout-out to your Blame game last week uh, where it was about LS and nepotism. So what what do you think? Did you see this weekend uh, the church, uh, the faith in the plays that C9 was making as they were going 3-0? Um, let's say yes. <laughs> one, one thing I'll say about the mythic item, this is one of the reasons I pulled the call is like right now some there's this one mid laner who's like the highest priority mid laner one of the highest priority ones right after tf that uh doesn't build a mythic item first uh his name's corky and so anyone who plays corky is going to get fucked in that stat and guess who didn't play any corky this weekend certain mr uh fudge who also played a jace game who's usually going to get his first Mythic pretty quickly as well. So on the Mythic point, I'm going to have to disagree a little bit. <laughs> uh, and then the other thing is that Max Waldo talked about in an interview how LS is kind of working with the team in Korea. It's like a really jacked up situation, it sounds like, where yeah. Berserker, him, Summit, Winsome, and Malice are all in Korea. And they're a team. And then Max Waldo's leading this team that you see competing. And so yeah, I think they what said, we've really... 
I was going to say, I think what we really learned was that LS should stay in Korea and just let Max Waldo run the team. I mean, so Fudge told me, yeah, that basically there's only like a couple hours of overlap because whenever they're winding down with their day, uh, Team LS wakes up and starts doing their stuff. And so, and apparently, well, I don't, maybe I'm spoiling my own interview. Watch the Fudge interview. It's really good. It should be up in the morning. We had an edit issue with it, so otherwise it would have been out right now. But LS is playing mid lane for the uh, LS team in Korea. And they, yeah, so they are talking a little bit and like Fudge says that he watches some of their games sometimes, but that's, that's what's going on over there. And then, yeah, Max is just fully, fully handling the stuff over here. So Gyoto in the last call, you had mentioned that you were a little surprised by C9 going three and O this weekend. Do you think it's just the genius of now, obviously, uh, I don't know if if we can say that Max is like a bishop of the church or whatever. I don't know how the the church hierarchy and bureaucracy works. Well, out. Well, there's the cardinals. Yes. Um, Mark yeah. Mark knows this. He's got some. Uh, My brother's close... a priest. He's, yeah, I was going to say. In there. Uh, so you you can help us figure it out. But uh, do you, Gyoto, were you impressed by anything that you saw this weekend? Do you feel like it was a coaching diff at all? No. I thought that, like, when I said it was impressive, it's because, like, they're playing with their third AD carry, right? And yeah. they are doing particularly well with their so a guy third who's not even carry in the roster. Yes. No, Have no, you heard of the... Not the academy AD carry. Like, from what I understood, King is going to play academy, right? Yeah, no, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. There's a, they're playing with a guy who's not even in academy. Yeah, he's not even in academy. And, like, I don't know, I think that, like, Fudge was doing okay. I, to be fair, no offense or anything, but I did expect Darshan to do worse than he was doing. So that's why, like, I, I mean, I thought that they, that uh, that they did that they did well. Uh, I think that they you were. You thought the action game was going to be worse from Darshan. Yeah, that action game where he just fed his brains out. What? He played. He yeah. played Akshan, and it, he. You thought yeah, it was going to be because... worse than that. I mean, I thought that overall he would be worse than that. Don't take oh, like okay, okay. he okay. he he was he managed to stay zero zero. Actually, that was something that like that I didn't really understand that he was like emoting when he was zero 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 as Gragas, and he was just like emoting in front of the enemy team. That was kind of like, but but I mean, I think I think that they are doing that they are doing well. Uh, I don't think they are particularly. Outside of outside of the the Ziggs, I think that everything that they're drafting is is like pretty normal. Some Lysins early on as well, some Jarvan jungles. I don't know. Some BM, some uh, some signs that don't build redemption. Like, I don't know. Like it's uh... pretty. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's like pretty standard. I just don't see like it's it's the same thing as as. Uh, as the DMT take, I just don't see when it comes for. It's already implemented. Like the church is settled. They are already playing to perfection to what LS wants. Like I think, like obviously, the, his ideas will be implemented, uh, no doubt about it. And we will see, like when they work, when they don't. I think that it's, and I was vocal about this before as well. I think it's a great thing for the league that. LS is taking on such a big org as Cloud9. But everything that happens in Lockin, it's so raw from every single team 
that having takes that apply to spring split is very very hard yeah yeah I playing mean, a lot of subs for, i was gonna say at least for immortals it's like oh it's their main roster you can try and extrapolate a little more here there's so much that's going to change when the main team gets here but on the 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 church point i think there are like maybe some fingerprints you could you could argue maybe like a pretty decent focus on scaling i mean everyone's playing victor corky so that's that's kind of whatever but they they had a little bit more preference for scion like a scaling tank uh the gragas game game two did not feel like an ls draft i feel like he would be mad watching that draft and see the centers with so much physical damage on the top half of the map and you know just winning lanes that are going to drop off i don't know is he is he streaming much or is he not i, I haven't been looking at twitch much lately um, because I, it would be, I want to see like the perfect content is, would be LS reviewing their own games. Um, but you know, obviously he's not there. I feel like that would be very, very fun. Um, he said he's too busy, damn. I think it'd be super fun to see him just review the old, the old games and see how much like he, he, whenever he normally reviews a game, it would be like, I don't know. I feel like that'd be fun content. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's really cool. Again, to to Kyoto's point, it's like it's lock in. Everybody's running weird shit. They they're playing teams that are not even running their any players from their roster. Like it's just the way that that it is right now. But I think it is pretty impressive to see what they do. And I, for me, it's more demonstration that Cloud Nine has always had a very deep roster, um, and they've always had great players uh, behind their main LCS players that they can pull from. Uh, and sometimes those are a third string ADC that can really show up for them, but uh, it's impressive <laughs> to see how well they did. Uh, I mean, the, memes aside about that, like their roster is still probably better on paper even than most of the teams they played. Like Zven's a beast. Uh, Blabber is still a really good jungler. Fudge mid is a bit of a who knows how it's going to be, but he's doing well. That was like that was going to say is that Fudge mid is actually the main thing that you can take from Cloud Nine is that he's he's doing. He's doing okay. He's not being like the best mid in the tournament, but he's he's up there. Yeah, the like, fact that he's doing well. Darshan has been well. Darshan's been around the top of Academy for a while. So like the fact that this team is beating TSM Academy with like a bunch of really young players or beating <laughs> Golden Guardians Academy is like not that much of a shock. So I will say if people are getting really excited, temper it a little bit. Like they're still going to play hundred thieves next. And then in, in knockout stage, when they play against EG and TL, some of the other teams that have their actual lineups closer to ready that those are better heat checks, I guess. Yeah. Well, either way, thank you so much. Breaking dreams for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Yeah, for sure. Shout out Alienware and Mountain Dew game fuel. Thank you so much. Oh, no, just Alienware. <laughs> thank you so much. Breaking dreams uh, for the call. And we'll catch you next time. Okay, we're taking a quick break. We're taking a quick break. We're taking a break. We are? Yes. There I was told, there were no breaks before. I told, I told Mark we were going to take a break. Uh, All right. and, then he, and then he left the channel. Mark, Be we're right. taking a break. Wait, then I guess we're not taking a break because he's bringing another caller. We're talking about Alienware right now. Alienware is awesome. We're using the new Aurora R13. Wait, is that the break? I did say we're taking oh. a break. Whoops. When we get Sorry. back from this right, we break, we'll have a special caller here. Don't be lazy. <laughs> 
I want to talk about I want to talk about the cool Aurora R13 that I have right now that I'm streaming this off of. I just switched over to it, and this thing is awesome. It's a little bigger than the previous Aurora, so make sure you take a look at that. But it's awesome because you can now they have this beautiful glass window that they've uh, put into the side of it. It's optional, so if you want that type of thing. And this thing just lights up and is fantastic. I'm taking a look at it right now. It's behind my monitor. But they've announced all sorts of really cool stuff recently at CES. But uh, some of that product is still coming in the uh, upcoming weeks and months. But the Aurora R13 and R14 you can get right now at Alienware.com slash Travis. There's a link in the description below. And then after we do one or two more calls, Gyoto, you can take your break that you're asking for right now. Um, <laughs> so thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. We love them so much. Sorry, Alienware, that this was a little scuffed. We're uh, still getting into the swing of things in the new year. Uh, but please go check out Alienware. We love them. And again, there's a link in the video description if you're watching on YouTube. And uh, I'll go ahead and put that in chat right now as well so that you guys can check them out if you're watching live. Thank you so much to Alienware. All right. Our next caller is here. Uh, Mark is grabbing him and he's ready. It's a highly anticipated caller. 80 minutes uh, now. Here we go. Here Revenge is here. Revenge, where are you calling from? <laughs> from the bottom of group B. I'm calling, I'm <laughs> calling from the trenches of group B and walking. Yeah. It's, it's really nice. It's, it's cozy down here. Honestly, like, uh, I mean, I think, I think I'm getting used to it. It's feeling good. Nice. Okay. Very good. Well, hopefully you don't have to get used to it for too long. Um, you've got a you've got an exciting match ahead of you this weekend. Um, what what did you have a take or anything in particular or a question for the group tonight? I th thank you, man. I, I've been I've been dying I've been dying to be in a call again with Quixote, the mastermind, the mastermind himself of Team yes. Liquid now. From well, IMT, from IMT to Team Liquid. Wow. True. I have and then banger question for you, okay? Okay, go for well, it. One, I have two questions. Oh. I have two questions. I have two questions. Okay, Wait. one. What went through your mind when you saw the hull breaker on your side? In a game versus EG. What what was said what was said behind the closed doors? That's my first hull breaker is actually not bad. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then what about when the redemption was completed? Yeah. What, what was Pushing it. Okay. Now pushing no, it. What about when the redemption was completed? What was said? I need to know. So, I mean, what do you mean you need to know? It was like, why, why is he building redemption? That was it. <laughs> I, I, in particular, uh, just really liked his redemption usage on that last team fight when Jojo Pune, uh packaged in and he waited for his whole team to die and then tried to drop it on himself. I thought that was uh, mm. some expert usage. Mm. Yeah. I mean... Were these the two questions, uh, Revenge, or did you have a No, 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 one? no. I had another one. I have a serious <laughs> okay. one. I have a serious one. I have a serious okay. one. Um, how, 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 has it been... how to destroy the Nexus. You kind of need to learn that, actually. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. No, no. You know, honestly, it's fine. We haven't versed, we haven't versed TL yet. He can talk all the shit he wants, but it's gonna, it'll just make it feel better when we shit on them. Like, that's all. Either way, like, I honestly, yeah, the funniest thing, I don't even care. I don't even care. All our losses do not matter. But beating TL, beating TL will be the juiciest thing. Like, I, I, that's the only thing that matters. Next right time you play against us, you can already play without pressure, right? Because like first week you're already out of Loken. 
<laughs> oh, I, I mean, dude, it's true. It's true. There's, there's no, no pressure. pressure. Just there's like, no pressure. just do your best, you know? There's no pressure. There's no pressure now. <laughs> well, I already know we're going to go into Bantlets and there's going to be three top ends. I already know. I mean, I'm not even... Why would you guys ban three top laners? We would ban three top laners. Wait, you're saying I, I would ban three top laners? Yeah, I mean, maybe I Bipo. should. Yeah, you need to protect Bipo. Why? What? Why would That's... I need to protect Bipo? You saw what Bob what? Jenkins did to you? Bob Jenk what Bob Jenkins did to me, really? The man of mean the man of mean essence fever GP. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I mean Andrea, I'm a bit disappointed, man. I thought going to TL your your analysis and coaching would improve, but I mean Yes it would improve too, but Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. How no no you, yes, how can I, you do this? How can you keep talking shit when you're literally losing to CLG and Dignitas? XU, what? Wait, you. what, dude? XU, XU is the future. What? What do you mean? What's? What are you trying to say? Oh, so you're already in the past after one year in LCS? No, Biofrost. Hey, Biofrost Lux, Biofrost Lux, and Neo Caitlyn were were really oh, good okay. that game too. I mean, they're uh, honestly, and and Fake Gods Malphite played a really strong lane phase and game as well. So, so uh, are I you mean, saying? I'm, so wait, wait, so let me see. I'm so crazy. you beat every them. top laner that you played against, but your your team just lost the game. Is that what you're saying? No, no, it's a team game, Andre. Oh. I would never. It's a team game, okay? Listen, oh, yeah, yeah. It's a team game. Honestly, oh, yeah. I'm. I just, just wanted to be oh, sure. You know what? Like, I, I've already gone through all the stages of Copium for this lock in. You know, like, I'm already prepared for a spring split. Like, you know, lock in doesn't matter. You know, I've already gone through. Like, nothing can damage me anymore. You know? It wasn't that an interview from you saying that your goal was to win lock in. Wait, was there? I don't. I, I don't remember. Honestly, you know, it's, it's <laughs> in the past. You after it's, it's in the past. It's in the past. It's in the past. But uh, what was your um, main question, Revenge? Okay, okay. I do, I do have a serious question. How has it been like practicing with like two two eighty carries and two supports? I'm actually curious. Like, how has it? How has that been? Actually, and great question. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I mean, it's definitely been. Um, more challenging than playing with only one bot lane, but uh, uh, it is it is what it is. It's like trying to get the best out of an unfortunate situation. Um, I think that I'm lucky enough to have four players willing to put a lot of extra work out of scrims. So obviously they are not playing um, uh, every every scrim, and at the start it was kind of like a bit easier to. Uh, split time because Jan was playing at the start because Hans was not here and when once Hans was here then he just basically played um, the remainder while supports were were gonna were changing a bit uh, but it's definitely like you take a bit of time from from both which means that it delays a bit the development that you can have as five uh, but at the same time they are putting a lot of extra work to compensate that so it's it's been not the ideal situation, but nonetheless a a situation that is manageable for sure. And then and then one one more question to to follow it all up. Who who it's has been triggering you? Who has been triggering you the most in review? Who's the, who's the revenge of your new team? <laughs> <laughs> who's triggering you the most, Andre? Lay it on us. Who's the hardest to deal with when when the get when the, your nexus explodes in scrims and you know you, you had a tough game. So rare. The whip, the whip, the whip comes that out. That has been so rare. The whip comes out. The whip comes out. Who who triggers you? 
There's, rare. there's don't no lie. Don't lie. That's no, no, not I'm rare. Serious. Don't lie. I'm serious. Don't I'm lie. serious. Well, it's rare that our Nexus explodes. Right. Okay. Right. Our Nexus <laughs> explodes like in scrims, like maybe a bit more than you in official games. Kind of like similar, but maybe a bit more. But I don't know. Like it's there's not very triggerable moments yet. Mm. I don't believe you. Because... I think I think it's mm. mostly because it's online. Like I think that what would oh, what, what usually because like we we are not at the office, you know. We are all playing from from home. So I think that when when it's like face to face, I get more uh, revenge treatment. Then online, wait, but that's, wait, wait, but that's weird. I will, I will that's let weird. you. That's weird. That's weird. I triggered you and it was online. What? Oh yeah, but you were zero ten every game. <laughs> but, no, like, oh, you were zero ten like the first no, no, three no, games. No, like, no, 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 that's not even true. That's not even true. That's not even true. Don't even say that to the chat. Chill, chill. I listen. You would get mad sometimes just to be mad. I swear to God. Especially when it went back online in some split, you were actually mad just to be mad. Let me answer then. Let me answer then. Even... On, like, let me answer to you, Mo. Like, and now it's it's actually not no joke, like a serious note. Okay. Okay. Oh shit. Okay. Okay. It was it was your first experience being coached. It was your first experience to even play like uh, with the expectation of playing LCS, right? Like you were preparing yourself for your first split of LCS, right? Mm-hmm. You will need a lot more help or whipping or criticism than any of my five players needs currently you know um the mindset and the experience and the maturity uh, and when i say maturity is not necessarily like you're not a mature person is more uh, um, it's like a mature person for the competition it's way ahead of yours just because of purely because of experience and in that case obviously the triggering part will be well, less, and the way that I have to deal with with players is also it's also different, you know. Like you needed that, you still need that. Hey, whoa, 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 like whoa, 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 whoa! But the player, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. It's like it's still it's your second year. I'm saying like you need it due yeah, yeah, to no, like, no. Uh, like to yeah. the fact that it's your it's your second year. You're still young in the league, you know. You still have like a long way to go. Like when it comes when it comes to 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 Bwipo or Bjergsen, like th- these players play forever, you know. So they obviously need less of what you needed, and they need something else. So then there's less triggering because you do shit very very dumb. Like the shit that you do that triggered me is like literally oh. from a guy that is playing solo queue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, that's but... true. That's true. No, that's true. Gilhodo, I, I heard someone was speculating that it would actually be harder to, to, to work with Team Liquid because uh, there's so many personalities on the team. That, I heard some speculation that it would just be so many opinions going around you wouldn't be able to wrangle them all. Oh, oh that, there are a lot, a lot of opinions going around. But that doesn't mean that like the opinions are wrong and that are triggering. I think that there are multiple ways to play the game and my job is mostly make sure that we are on the same page. And sometimes... It becomes rough because everyone had a lot of success in the team that uh, that they played previously. Uh, but that's right. everyone also has like the mindset that the most important thing that we have that we have to fix right now is to get on the same page. And when everyone has that mindset, then we are able to to set up some 
rules or guidelines that we want to follow in order for everyone to be on the same page. Page, even if not everyone agrees, I I see that the players still try to uh, apply the conclusions that we that that were said. Just just for context, Mark is memeing me because this was my take last okay. year. Was I was but like, your takes are always. I'm not gonna say it actually. Mo, you pumped me up. This accurate. is gonna be. A show now that I have to be careful with what I'm saying. Yeah, please don't, yeah. please don't kill the show because uh, I know you've done that in the past. Um, yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, I, I will. I'm coming to you from a place of ignorance. Please, please feel free to to enlighten me, because my my thing was I had seen how you, uh, Giotto, had had been with Revenge and had been with the Immortals players and. I feel like in that role as a coach, you were very strong, right? Like you come in, you strong opinions, you're here to like kind of whip people into shape, et cetera, et cetera. Whereas I looked at the Team Liquid roster this year. I was not suggesting that you should not have coached it or anything like that, but it was it was more like out of out of interest because I looked at the this year's Team Liquid roster kind of the way that I looked at that old G2 roster where Grabs talked worked more as like a facilitator of all the different personalities. It actually made me think about the live hotline league that we did with rift rivals where it was like me and mark and you and grabs and peter i think where we were all talking about the coaching differences between north america and europe and i was like i don't know if kyoto like if you if you, i don't know if you even like being more of a facilitator in conversation um as a coach than you do like kind of coming in and yelling at revenge uh who's still in the call by the way um and happy to have you here revenge <laughs> You can shed any light. On I, I have stuff, a follow but... up for for revenge after after this. So we're well, gonna keep this call going. Well, so wait, wait, I'll, I'll say I'll say one thing about what what Travis yeah. said, but um, I I feel like uh, Andre can just like will and probably is just adapting to the environment he was in. He's in. I mean, he kind of explained it right, like, like facilitator. Like... I mean, well, yeah, like I, I mean, like like last year he had to take more roles on to work with more of us because, like, for example, like I was a rookie. But like like you said, no one on Team Liquid's a rookie, and I feel like he's experienced enough to know how to like fill in whatever role he needs. And to be honest, that's why I was like, I, I mean, I know that Andre will like is going to be a good fit for Teal. I know it's still early, but like, it's just like at the end of the day, he still has like really good game knowledge, and I think that even so, the players all have a lot of experience and have a lot of opinions. Players do sometimes at the end of the day need to just be given like the final word and the final say on what's right and that helps a lot to like actually progress the team so I no i mean i think it does it. i'm just curious like kyoto are you are you are you ever worried about with this lineup of of players i mean i guess you'll probably say no but like my worry for you is like you can go to revenge and be like dude you can't play that fucking champion that way or you can you know you have to play the game this way I don't know if that's as easy or if it's as possible with some of these players who have been champions in the league or even on the world stage. Um, so I don't know. Feel free to fill me in without uh, don't, I mean, it's me. okay, okay. So, Mo, don't be angry by this. Whoa, whoa, wait, relax. Hold on, hold on. Wait. Okay, okay. Think about it for a second. Think about it. Don't roast me, man. With, I just said. With... No, on, sorry, go on. Go no, on. no, say yeah. it, Mo. Uh, I, I, you know, no, no, you know what? Fine. I was, I was just nice to you, and now I'm about to get roasted. Like, what is that? I'm about to just catch a stray you're not, bullet. You're not about I'm, to get I'm about to just catch. I'm about to catch a stray bullet right now. That's how I'm feeling. <laughs> you can dodge it. You're too small for me to be able to hit you. <laughs> oh, 
okay, okay, okay. <laughs> My aim is too bad. I need maybe I'll just, uh, I'll just step in. I'll just step in for this. I, mean, no, no, I saw no, how I'm you kidding, played. I'm I saw kidding. how you played in. Uh, What's it called? I think I think that uh, to, to answer your question, um, all all the players that I have are very willing to hear criticism. Uh, and the criticism that I would give to Revenge, I still give to the players. They are just, no offense, Mo, much faster to recognize than Revenge was. A lot of, because it's something that they have like true experience once again, they have, it's much easier for them to recognize that uh, something was just like wrong or there was a misplay. Sometimes I don't even have to say it. They are just like entering the the review saying that uh, I fucked up lane or like in in this case I should have done X or Y. Uh, in the case of Mo, because of Mo, and when I say Mo, it's like most of the the IMT lineup of last year, due to the lack of experience, then it's like you're going through that whole um, coaching and understanding process. So I would have to 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 explain much more detail to Mo why something was wrong and what would be the right way to do it, purely because. It was something that he was never really introduced to and never experienced it due to the lack of experience. It's literally just that. It's, it's just that. But like, if I go if I go to Soren and and I tell him that uh, he should not do this, he should do that, uh, he will look at it. And most of the times, like he he's very very self-critical, as so are the the rest of the players. Like it's not like I think that there's this misconce misconception where people think that. Just because you're a veteran, you will always think you're right. But uh, there is, like, at least maybe, maybe I was just lucky. But these five guys are very, very self-critical with uh, how they play the game. So, and that's what makes them great and be able to be on the top for so long. I guess I'm just and very if curious. If you ever about... want to reach the top, Mo, you need to be self-critical. I guess I'm just very curious about what happens if, if it, this ever occurs, where you have. Whippo and Soren and you all disagreeing on a topic, right? Like about a draft that occurred or already, and it's going to keep happening. And that's like those type of discussions, as long as they are dealt with respect from each other. And then we also use the things that we agreed before as baselines, then the conclusion will always be productive. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, the follow-up I was going to have was about, uh, actually Hullbreaker Scion. Since we have revenge on, what, you what actually you, think it's you should try it, Mo. No, I don't think I, I. I was kind of memeing. Like I don't actually think it's that bad, but I think it kind of does depend on the situation of the game. Like he actually killed soul, killed Nar, so going damage is actually like pretty smart because he can actually like take it's over the lane more. He needed to base. We're getting I a mean, little. But then echo, he got. I mean, then he got soul killed again. So like, like you know, he kind of griefed. But if you want like a more stable game. Like if if this was like like if this was like world finals or something, you would just go tank and like play your role, you know. Like you you you're if you're gonna go hole breaker, you're definitely taking way more risk in terms of like what you're bringing to your team and like what your role in the game is, you know. Like his role in the game is not to be a sideliner that game, you know. From what I recall, like it's just it didn't really make much sense in that regard, you know. Yeah, that's so that's that's what I was gonna raise about it was. I feel like it, it makes plenty of sense in solo queue to me, but in like a pro game where, I mean, you have Trundle, so he can do some of the frontlining responsibilities, but like realistically, you're going to be wanting like after you get the push to like help dip into the fog of war, put some pressure on the enemy team, threaten and engage, get vision control. That like Hullbreaker, once you lose the passive on it, it's actually 
pretty shit. It's basically just 50 attack and four, 400 health without the bonus armor and MR on it. And then it just doesn't do anything more than like if you had just gone Titanic Hydra for a, a damage item. Like if you start snowballing the game, I understand wanting to build damage on that point. Um, and Hullbreaker is a better like self-sufficient laning item because of all the like the insane efficiency on it. But then it becomes totally worthless if you ever group, and it's a team game, so you're gonna group. And at that point, if you just had the extra bonus scaling attack on a Scion who gets an insane like HP ratio, I just assume that. Titanic mm -hmm. is the better buy in, in, in a pro game. It is, but I just think like what he was doing with the Hallbreaker in that game was actually pretty good. Like, like the amount of plates he was taking was insane, actually, because of it. Like, he was actually able to pressure turrets like way more than he would have if he went Titanic, which was you know pretty like good for the game overall. But like, like I said, like it, it, and like you said, it scales really poorly in team fights and just in general later on. So. I think Titanic for scaling in general is better, as well as if you do go full full tank. But I mean, he probably knew that. He, I mean, he was probably having some fun because he thought the game <laughs> was going to be way more free. But yeah, I mean, it was I it was pretty cool watching him half health bot inhibitor turret by himself. But then because the demolish proc scales, I didn't I didn't realize that at first that demolish proc gets buffed by it. Yeah, yeah, it it just one shots it. It's <laughs> disgusting. Well, he can take towers pretty fast. It was just like, I just think that Hullbreaker would be fine for that game, but then there were a lot of unfortunate events that made that his champion then was just, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I don't think it was necessarily because of the buy and like... Mm -hmm. No, it wasn't. I mean, honestly, honestly, like, yeah, not to flame or anything, but like, I feel like if he did play better in a lot of situations, like Andre said, the Hullbreaker would not have really mattered. So no, the whole breaker would have actually been better in those cases. The, well, I mean, I mean, like it wouldn't have mattered in the sense, like it wouldn't have lost. It's not what lost you guys the game, yeah. you know. That's what I mean, hey, uh, okay. I was gonna wrap the call, but really quickly, just because she has asked me, and I have to do a show with her tomorrow, so she won't scream at me. Uh, she's very, she yells a lot at me behind the scenes. Uh, Emily's in the chat, and she said, "Ask revenge about the Whippo Graves build while he's here." So, Whippo what do you Graves think build? of the? Oh yeah. Graves. I, you know what? For fun fact, I'm literally in this call right now playing a solo queue game of Graves. Just so you know. Anyway, <laughs> how's it uh, going? While we're talking, it's going good. It's you know I'm actually against solo old FlyQuest top winner, and it's oh wow, it's a That's banger. Cool. It's actually a banger. It's actually a banger. Anyway, anyway. Revenge. Um, uh, no, no. I'm just. I'm. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, are you gonna give us? The, how's it going? How's it no, going? No, I'm on my main account. Anyway. How many? How many? <laughs> I'm not on that account. I'm not on that account. No, but I want to see that account because I saw you spamming graves on this account. I wanted to see how you were doing. It was, uh, uh, you know, how many bit... E's, man? I, I don't know. I actually don't know. I don't know off the top of my head. I just uh, copy this. Anyway, um, and I can't see the on the leaderboards. Yeah, the graves build. To answer the question, to answer the question about about the lethality build, I think it was pretty smart. And given, like, I I think the build also. Depends on like your base timers and how much gold you have. So like, if he did have Dirk on his first base, it's actually pretty good, which he did. And I think that, however, I do think that scaling with the other build is generally the safer option, and so, like most of the time the better option. But I don't know. I th I think he played really well. So the build didn't really like 
I don't want to say matter as much, but like it kind of did the job either way. Like I, I feel like it, his gameplay kind of like set himself up for success more that game than the build. Like uh, I think I should... Mo in so much on trades that he needs to get life steal early on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, no, I no, I was actually I was actually talking to him. me me and Impact spoke a lot about it because we were like, holy, like he's actually going lethality graves, and we always talk about whether we think lethality or crit is better on this champ and. We actually thought that game was like probably a better game to go crit, but he's still made the lethality work. So props uh, to him. This this conversation as a whole is just perfect for what one of the things I talk about blame game and about how much like community people tunnel onto criticizing build paths because it's like probably that in draft like the easiest things to backseat game, and like the optimizations are rarely why you win or lose the game. And like it's more often gameplay and like decision making and how your team's playing, and like unless it's a super close game, like getting five or ten percent less damage out is like less important than being in the right spot or something. And this is just music to my ears. I mean, it, uh, I mean, there were like for for example, like there were games last year where I think like our AD carry was playing Ziggs and they had like Diana or something, and like he didn't build Zanyas for like the entire game. I, I don't know if you remember that game, Andre. It was like against C nine. Like, like things like that really matter. Where it's like, wait, why does Ardy carry not have Azanias against like Ziggs or like against like Nautilus, like <laughs> Nautilus Diana? Like, we would actually win so many more team fights, and this is like Giga Troll. But like, I do think with like the really small things like this, like I think I think this really has almost no impact on like the actual outcome of the game as long as he's doing his job, like, and not doing anything completely like the build isn't like fundamentally changing the strength of the champion that much right like he's still winning side against gwen he's still doing the same thing he would do in team fights like it i don't know it didn't really change much to me but like it's kind of like a niche thing it does kind of change your play style a tiny bit like you need to be more burst oriented which he was doing mm -hmm. in team fights like he was kind of like looking for these like burst angles where he was just dropping his qlt and like, like... <laughs> one shot yeah he did like he he was actually doing like good things like that in team fights, which you need to do with the lethality build. That, for example, if he was in like a team fight situation that required him to be fighting for longer, like the crit build would obviously be like significantly better, you know. But, hey, yeah. thanks so much, Revenge, for calling in. I'm looking forward to seeing you Let's two face her. off. Uh, is yeah. there anything you want to shout out before we say goodbye and take a quick break? Uh, yeah, you know what? Shout out to Immortals. Or progressive immortals progressive our new sponsor I don't even know your team name the great the great lakes region represent yeah um yeah what's Other your stream my stream uh just twitch tv revenge i uh, i might be streaming in these actually tomorrow i have an off day so i might actually stream so very good if you guys want to tune into that should be fun well andre andre can study me and learn what to ban for the game so just you know Putting that out there. Oh, no. no team has been top laners and they seem to be doing just fine against you guys. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, so, thanks so much, Revenge, for popping on. This was really fun. All right. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. Thanks for having See me. See you, dude. Kyoto, uh, if you want to take I your break now, more. you can take your break. Um, yeah. Mark and, and I have a quick like, little announcement. I'll, I'll miss Mo. Yeah. Mo is a nice guy. I right back. Okay. All right, everybody. We have an announcement to make right now. Uh, so, been working on this for over six months now, uh, but Mark and I are really excited to share 
that we are now sponsored by Grubhub. Ta-da! We're Grubhub Gamers. Uh, let me go ahead and put up the logo so we can talk about this. So what does this mean exactly? So they are coming in as... Uh, 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 where's the uh, thing? There's this. And I just need to pop this off really quickly. There we go. Um, so Grubhub is coming in for the full year. Uh, they are sponsoring Hotline League. They Obviously, you already know, a lot of folks might know that they uh, do a bunch of stuff in the space, including sponsoring LCS. We actually did some work with them last year, or I did. Um, and it's been, and that basically, that work went really well. And you guys all supported the stuff I did. You might remember me from the commercial that had Ovali uh, and Peter and some other familiar faces in it. Um, and so, yeah, they, we've been talking ever since and we were able to make this happen. So they're going to be sponsoring Hotline League. They're going to be sponsoring LCS content. And then the other thing is, for those that remember the long form interview that I did with Peter, where we were eating a certain meal, um, we, and you like that content, that type of content, long form interviews, you'll be excited by a show that, uh, we are going to be doing with Grubhub or that I'm going to be doing with Grubhub talking to different folks in the space. So not, not too much I can share on that yet. Cause we're still working on it a little bit, but it's going to be pretty fun. If you are not familiar with Grubhub, first off, where you been exclamation mark Grubhub in the Twitch chat, by the way, I put that command in there earlier and nobody noticed it. And I also... Um, I was worried because I there's a there's an interview that went up today on the channel where there's a Grubhub logo and uh, thankfully folks did not uh, start to uh, put two and two together. Uh, but it's basically, I mean, it is a great way to get food delivered on time and at the lowest price, guaranteed, or they'll make it right through the Grubhub guarantee. You know, I know I've I've watched a bunch of Peter Sco streams in the past year, so I'm very familiar with the Grubhub guarantee. Uh, but it's uh, it's really cool to uh, to be working with them. And uh, so you guys can take a look at their stuff. Uh, there is a link in the YouTube description if you would like to click through. That's very helpful. We're working on getting a, a code in the future and we'll have one um, in the coming weeks that, so that uh, you guys can use that. But in the meantime, if you just click through onto the link, uh, it's pretty good. Are you okay, Mark? Oh, he was just talking to Ashley. Um, but so that will come in the, in, in the future, but it's been really, really cool to work with those guys. In fact, they're one of the, one of the things that's really neat about them is that several of the folks that work, uh, on, on the whole Grubhub side, they ha hang out in the Twitch chat. And if some of you guys might recall, Oh, you, you, you froze like 30 seconds ago, but, okay. but I can hear you now again on discord. Okay, I don't know what happened. Yeah, we had like a little blip. Uh, it looks like we should be back. This is the yeah worst timing for this to happen. Uh, yeah, I'm seeing. It, I'm looking to see. I don't. Oh yeah, there's a, a few drop frames, but oh, I'm they're still back. going. They're still going. Welcome back. It's. I don't have it back yet. You don't have me back? No, no, no. Uh, the stream dropped. Oh, there we go. We're back. We're back. Um, I, that was really weird. So it's funny because Discord. Grubhub is so amazing that the internet freaked out for a second. <laughs> it's it's back. really it's really funny because uh, I wonder if there was just a small Twitch blip or something like that because uh, I did not lose Skype or Discord at all. It was just uh, this. Sorry, Grubhub. Listen, everyone. If you want to help, go click the link uh, in the YouTube description or in the chat that pops up. Uh, that would be super helpful because obviously it sucks. Whatever. Suddenly we have a 
a blip on the show while we're trying to uh, shout out our new sponsor. But there's going to be cool I'm stuff ex- coming in. Um, and I'm excited about it. And what's really cool about the – I think I said this. You guys might have missed it. But the folks uh, who work on the Grubhub side have actually been hanging out in Twitch chat for like, I don't know, the past year. They've been watching this stuff for a very long time. So it's been uh, really cool to – in fact, I can click on one of them right now and see – They've been following since 2018, so it's always really cool to work with folks who are um, familiar with the content and trust us to do what's up. So again, thank you to Grubhub. Uh, Really appreciate it. Please do exclamation mark Grubhub in the chat whenever you want, and keep an eye out for that link uh, in the future. I'm going to fix my um, sponsor logo now so that they're all added into the rotation. But we're ready to go on to the next caller. I hope you're you're ready and refreshed, Gyoto. Okay, good. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry's great. Um, Mark is off grabbing the next caller while I am trying to update my sponsor rotation to include them in it. Uh, and in a second, we should be good. Thanks to everybody who's been subbing, by the way. It was a really cool night. I think we had uh, such a great call right before this, and then we got to go straight into the announcement, so it's been fun. No Game Census here. You've been on the show before, yes? Yeah, I was just on last week. Last week, that's right. Oh, shit. Were you as quiet as you are now? I might have complained um, about your volume. Yeah, I can try to make it a little bit louder. Yeah, a little bit louder would be good. I've got you at two hundred percent. So, um, okay. if we can, if we can get you a little closer to the mic, uh, remind me where you're calling from. Remind us where you're calling from. Oh yeah, Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. That's right. We love Ohio yeah. callers. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, so I kind of just wanted to dive in a little bit to, like, the bot lane meta because I felt like with lock-in, I don't know if I was the only one, but I was looking throughout the drafts, and I felt like every team that had Jinx just would win. And I looked it up, and every team that had Jinx won besides two games, which was TSM versus SlyQuest, Fiesta, and then the Golden Guardians versus 100 Thieves. Or no, was that? Yeah, 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 Golden Guardians versus 100 Thieves. Other than that, Jinx won every game, and I feel like... Just like other than CLG picking Kogma, nobody's trying to counter this champ, and everybody's just okay with losing to it. And I just thought like there could be more creativity or intuition put into the thought process like behind picking champs in bot lane. Like I know Aphelios and Jin are like they're decent, but none of them will beat Jinx outright. I think in lane, and I'd love to hear like more of your guys' thoughts on to why people aren't picking different things and are just okay with losing to this champ. Uh, I am so curious about what Gilhota will say as a coach of a team. Give us your bot lane priority so all the teams can take notes. Does it change with uh, Han Sama versus Yon? How does this work? It's I don't know if it necessarily changes. Uh, there are some picks that uh, there can be a bit different. Uh, overall, I, I honestly think that Shinx is just a very strong champion. Uh, you can't just outright... Uh, Mm, or like the things that necessar- that kind of like outright b- b- beat her. Um, for example, sometimes I mean, actually, I can't say, but it's it's not the easiest thing to build a comp like that, especially at the start, especially at the start of the split, where a lot of the times what it's gonna need is quite a bit of coordination within the team that is just not there yet. Um, but if even if you look at uh, if you look at um, other regions, uh, Aphelios is actually having an advantage on that matchup 
um, kind of like a significant one, I believe. Um, it's just that the way it's not necessarily about the bot matchups itself is the way that teams are playing and the way that teams are drafting, including us, uh, becomes very easy for Jinx to scale up to a point where it's very hard to control. So I just think that it's honestly a, a, a very strong champion and I don't necessarily think it's that easy as I believe you're suggesting to just counter Jinx and if a team picks Jinx you just uh you just beat her if you picks if you pick X or Y. I think uh the thing that interests me is what kind of counter picks people want to try. The Aphelios beating Jinx has not worked out in NA. I don't know if that's just like a a skill problem or the supports that they're pairing it with, but it's it's definitely been an issue. I, I see what you're saying, I think, a little bit about some of the ways to counter her, depending on if you're trying to punish her lack of mobility or, like, the Kogma counterpick from CLG was one that intrigued me because that was a counterpick we used to run, like, way back in the day all the time with uh, Piglet uh, when he played into Jinx, and it usually did very well, but um, it was not looking that good when paired with a bunch of diving champions. So I guess to your point about some of the draft-related things, um, it's a bit of an issue. So I guess my question is, what would you say, like, from other things you have seen, is it just, like, other teams need to start doing stuff differently? Did you like the the Kogma idea? Even if, like, I'm not saying, you know, Yon's going to play it or Ansama's about to bust out Kogma. Is that closer in line with something you'd want to see, or is that still just two sketch picking Kogma right now. You want me to say what we are going to pick against Jinx next week if someone no, picks Jinx? No, 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 no. I'm not saying tell me your strategy. I'm saying like you saw the CLG one, for example. Like, I don't know if you watched oh, that game. I don't, like, I don't was... think, I don't think Kogma is the best answer that teams can have. I think there are better ones. Okay. Uh, Zig's priority was pretty low. Do you feel like people should be doing more? That was one of the things the caller threw out. Um, it is somewhat up there like outside of Jin, Varus, Ezreal, Aphelios, Ziggs is is another one that people are playing. People are interested fast throwing out Callista, Draven. I don't know if any of those are what you want to <laughs> uh, uh people are just saying Callista and Draven because of Hans, I believe. Ah, the Hans specials. I got you. Yeah. All right, Travis, welcome back. Hello. But I, I mean, I do think Ziggs is being underplayed in NA, yeah. For sure. Okay. We're good, Travis. Thank you. I had to step away for a quick second. Uh, no game sense. Thank you so much for the call. I know we're kind of speeding through some because uh, we had one caller who just greedily kept going on for a while. Is there uh, anything you caller. want to shout out before? Uh, I know we... I didn't give you the best answer, but it's like I also need to make sure that some yeah. secret remains <laughs> no, secret. No, no. no, yeah, that, that makes sense. No, you're good. You're good. Is there anything you want to shout out, no game sense? Uh, no, nothing to shout out. Appreciate uh, you guys having me on the show again. Very good. Well, thank you so much again for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Yeah. All right. On to the next caller. Thank you to... Uh, where are we? We've got a bunch of stuff. Uh, folks who subbed. Uh, Flick Nickum for 21 months. Quiet Pirate. Uh, Evio Jika, I think is how you say it. Never Forget. Danny Grimm. 
Uh, Ian V gifted a sub to Emily. So many things. Adam and Purple Ray Q. Thanks for the subs, everyone. Hello. Uh, Anti, Hello. Anti Phoenix NA, welcome to the show. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Delray Beach, Florida. Nice, Florida. What do you want to talk about on the show? I want to talk about 100 Thieves. My take is I think they won't win either split spring or summer and won't go to Worlds this year because I think they didn't make improvements to their roster after uh, winning summer, but I don't think the Worlds performance was very good, and I think they definitely could have picked up upgrades in the offseason. And I just don't really like the way they play the game, especially when it comes to mid and late. I think they have they get advantages often through their laning, especially mid-bot. And then it's kind of just up to closer or someone to have an on-game. and Or they just kind of sit around. They don't do Varens very well. And they just kind of wait for a fight to come into their hands where they win. And I think the league got way stronger. This, specifically EG and TL, I think are good. And I think it's hard for them to win. So you think they wouldn't... Who do you think would clinch the third place then? I think C9 will clinch it by summer. Don't know if they'll be able to do it for spring. So I can see 100 Thieves being in the finals for spring, but I don't think they'll like it. But I don't think they're a bad team. Who do you think would be the third third team to go to Worlds? If you think... C9. Okay, okay. What, who you uh, mentioned wanting a, or you said you think that there was like an upgrade they could have made in the off season. Was there a specific role or player that you felt like they I think should? You have... could look at a uh, Vulcan. I think you could also look at upgrading mid lane Niski from EU. Is he an upgrade to Abadaga? I think so. I think Nik- Niski had okay. an insane year last year. Is Vulcan that big of an upgrade over Huhi? I think. I you think individually the there's an argument for that, yeah, but I do think that the history that uh, that uh, Huhi and uh, and um, FBI. FBI have maybe does play a role in that. But I, I do think that individually Vulcan is is uh, is an upgrade, yeah. Towards I mean, Huhi, I, yeah. I am not contesting that Vulcan has been the better player recently. I'm just saying, no, no, like, but I don't think I that think it's a giant he leap. Been, he has been a better player. It's not recently. Vulcan yeah. has been a better player than Huhi. I think that that's not necessarily a hot take. I mean, yes, career-wise, yes. Uh, I was just mentioning. In recent even years. last year when Huhi won, to be fair. Uh, all right. So is 100T doomed? I think uh, Gyoto got last time, so we'll start with Mark. It's, yeah, okay. Go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're doomed to use some of Andre's logic from earlier in the show about lock-in being not necessarily the end-all be-all of the season. But I think um, the loss in that game against FlyQuest showed a lot of the tendencies that I did not like about them in the past. And I don't think it's something that's actually much of a problem in like a long-term situation. But sometimes it feels like they just take games too easy. That they think that they're just going to win and they don't make a ton of proactive plays. Everyone sits in their lane. They farm. Closer farms his jungle on cooldown and like grabs some some dragons off bot, bot timings and stuff. And they don't do anything. And that's how that game felt to me. Um, they had two counter picks in their solo lanes and Closer's Viego. I was surprised at how chill they took the top half of the map. They lost the Rift Herald on some reset timers um, and showing on dragon like... It just was not a very thought-out game, and I, I think that they 
had that problem sometimes last it was, it was actually more in, in spring i would say but um they just sometimes don't go in there with much of an early game plan it feels like and they kind of just let the game come to them and they fall behind um you can see that passiveness a little bit in that skt game at worlds you know where like they just gave them too much respect and were afraid to pull the trigger so i think that is one area that there might be some legitimate criticism to, to 100 Thieves for me about they sometimes seem to just not be in the game mentally in terms of like we need to do this next we need to do that next let's let's have an active game plan constantly going on um but i, I don't know if that's enough to say they're doomed for the season um when so many other teams have other bigger issues. I don't really see a skill issue with this team. I think that they're still a, a pretty stacked roster top to bottom. Um, and I, I'm pretty confident that they're still still fine for Worlds. I mean, I, yeah, I, the only... I, I would no, agree. Good. No, I would agree. I think that, like, obviously, right now is the time for uh, everyone overstating because the sample size is so small and they dropped the game to, to FlyQuest. I do think that that was... Uh, a very big draft diff. Um, but I, I think that they will be fine. Like, I think EG is stronger, TL is stronger, uh, C9 is stronger, I think. Um, TSM, let's see. I don't, I can't, I don't know. But I think that they are in the contestion for four worlds for sure. I don't think that they will necessarily, or that, that this three games means that they are the ones that uh that, that they are out so i don't know i think it's just and so much thing can happen to summer like until summer a lot of drama is going to happen on a lot of teams that can put some teams up or down i honestly think 100 thieves benefited from that last year uh, not that they are a bad team you know but uh, they they are a good team and i think they deserve to be champions but they did benefit from it. Um, so who knows what's going to happen in spring? Who knows what's going to happen in in summer? 100 Thieves also shown to be an org that is more than comfortable with uh, uh, making changes from spring to summer and those changes having a big impact. I think that the addition of Mithy um, is a pretty big deal. I want to see more from Tenacity. <clears throat> And I want to see if he can actually step up in summer. I'm not expecting much from him in spring, but I'm I am expecting um, I am expecting some from something from him in summer. So it's there's so much league until Worlds, like literally Worlds just ended almost last <laughs> Worlds. Like until the next one, there's still so much for us to be saying that 100 Thieves will not be a team. That will make it to worlds, and that they are struggle. That and that they will be struggling. So I don't uh, know if I'm I'm down to say that they're struggling. I do think what has changed is at first glance, and obviously we thought the league had a bunch of upgrades last year, and then some of those teams kind of busted out or had their own issues. But theoretically, there should be a lot more threats for them this year um, because I do think last year there's just like there were all these different issues. Things were weird. Maybe those will pop back up again. But like EG looks pretty. Okay, I know it's only lock-in, small sample size, but like people are excited about their roster and I think a way that they weren't last year. Um, and I think a lot of these other teams are, maybe maybe they're just taking TSM spot in the in the hype train, but I don't know. You don't think there's uh, more threats, Kyoto? You seemed skeptical of my take. I, I, seem, I mean, I, I think that there was 
some kind of bigger expectations for spring EG, not summer. I think summer EG did really well, especially in the in the regular season. Um, and I do think that they got that they got better. I think the signing of Vulcan inspired was uh, incredible. Jojo Pion is also a really good player, but I just think that the signing of those two was made them in, in uh, really really strong. Um, but at the same time, like we are talking about 100 Thieves now having more threats. I don't think 100 Thieves were favorite to win any split last year, and I don't think they were now. And whoever thought that at some point 100 Thieves was favorable to was favored to win a split last year at this point of the year is just straight up lying. So it's the exact same thing. Like who's got who's has a crystal ball to know what's gonna happen, what changes are gonna happen between uh, spring and summer. Uh, what uh, what top laner is going to have issues with the coaching staff and then just become a fiesta? What AD Carey is going to get benched to academy after MSI? Like, <laughs> who, who knows everything that can that can happen? So, like, I can see, honestly, the only thing that I can conclude from now is that the likely scenario is that EG, C9, Team Liquid and 100 Thieves will be fighting for Worlds. If some other team joins, might be TSM due to the unknown factor of their roster, which is very hard to make them a, which is very uh, hard to kind of to even like quantify them. But other than that, like, who knows if like imagine that IMT just signs fucking Uzi. In between <laughs> spring and summer, you know, then they're gonna be a contender or something like that. Like, who knows? How dare uh, you be smirch wild turtle uh, by suggesting he's not on the same level as a recently unretired Uzi? Um, uh, one thing you mentioned there was about the the EG signing of their their new young players. It got brought up this week on the Reddit threads. I almost talked about it, but the double lift like was saying that was like salty on his stream a little bit about how like these orgs don't want to win. They just want to develop talent. Uh, if you were in Peter Dunn's shoes and you had the Jensen double lift lineup being uh, flaunted at you and like, let's say budget wasn't a huge concern. Would you go Jojo Danny or double lift Jensen? Uh, I would have to think about mid lane, but I would go with Danny. With Danny, I, I would not think about it. Yeah. Damn. With 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 between Jensen and I do think that Jensen is an incredible it's it's just like an incredible fantastic player and it's not I'm not saying that like Jojo is bad or anything but I think that thinking between the quality of these two players not I mean I think that right now Jensen is probably still a better player it's more the question of where can Jojo be after a split and I think that the coaching staff and the and the teammates that he has on uh, that he has on EG can bring him very very good progress. But I think that in that case there is uh, there is an argument to be made. I think that on on AD Carry there's no argument to be made in my opinion. I don't want to be like mean or anything, but I think that Danny had a fantastic year. And even at the start of this year, Danny was already a better player than Double Lift, and obviously he has way more margin of progression. Uh, than uh, than than double lift. So I think that the only argument would be uh, a mid lane, and I think 
both both decisions would be correct. And I also think that keeping Jizuke would, if there were no import issues, obviously, would also be a correct decision. So I want to shout out to my Italian, Stalin. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, the other thing that I think a lot of people don't consider is like, there's a world where maybe keeping uh, Jojo and Danny allowed them to go spend money for like Inspired or something. There's always budgetary decisions that are being made in this type of stuff too. I'm not, I have not heard anything. This regarding this budget. Stuff, but... I was asked this regarding budget. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm speaking broadly because I think we've talked a lot about the subject before, but I don't know if I've done a good enough job, I think, of also demonstrating or discussing the, the budgetary side of it. So, um, no, I mean, I think it's, it's good. I'm glad you brought it up, Mark, because it's a fun conversation. Uh, Anti-Phoenix, anti thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, shout out to League content creators like Mark, Dom, LS, Travis, Emily. Like, I think content creators are really great right now. Uh, shout out to GameFuel, Alienware, uh, and Grubhub. And uh, shout out to Yay Miku enjoyers. Yeah. Hey, nice. we're, we're feasting, Sasuke. Yes. Yep, Sasuke, yeah. All right, uh, thank you all. Yeah, take care. Thank you so much for the call. Uh, cool. All right. <laughs> it's already no working. We've got already getting our, our Grubhub shoutouts, which is fantastic because uh, that's now now they've got something to show the, the Grubhub folks uh, tomorrow. Look, it's already happening. Then they have to also explain what a Yay Miko is. Um, so I don't know how they're going to figure that one out. Okay. Ollie One, thank you for the 22 actually, months. Like, I did forget to say something. I yes, don't want to know where, because like, man, I should start keeping track of this. Not not on this topic because it's not about my team, but like there were a lot of people saying about the the thing of like the double lift and Jensen thing. Like there were a lot of people flaming EG for this off season for literally no reason. Were they flaming them? I just thought I mean, it was like a fun like, discussion. They were like disappointed with some of the options like, yeah. and i think that like it was very dumb like at the i mean i'm gonna be honest the way that i saw eg off season is as soon as i saw lcs mvp or lec mvp in the jungle vulcan in support like i like the off season can't be flamed anymore like they can put they can put me and marks mid jungle and the off season <laughs> still or mid mid ad and the off season still couldn't be Flamed, you know, like it's just. I mean, I'm so dude. Nobody that like like Peter just does, looking didn't at have from an off season in his fucking career. <laughs> Peter let, didn't have a bad off season. Let's but speak speak. Well, first off, I I want to spread out some of the attention too because I know it's not just Peter, but also their GM and everybody who who are are making a lot of these decisions. But I'm surprised you're surprised. Doublelift is like the most popular North American player to ever exist, and Jensen was coming off a great Worlds appearance. And looked great. And I'm not just saying that the flame is justified or that, like, people, but I obviously people are going to be like, what the heck? Like, you're going to not have, like, the man with the most pentacles ever and Jensen. I mean, uh, no. I, th I think that, like, people, people, I think, once again, I think that the double lift Danny is just ridiculous to, to talk about. People, I think, have, could, like, just say, I think they should have gone for Jensen instead of uh, instead of Jojo. The conversation wasn't around that. The conversation that I'm criticizing was the EG lost the offseason. They had an opportunity to be 
literally world champions and they decided to be like out of worlds like what? I, mean, I didn't see where did you see i'm not okay, i'm so just curious to, where to did back, you see this stuff was it reddit to back andre up it wasn't actually probably as much on reddit because it was coming more from like probably youtube and like other areas where these people's fan bases are more yeah yeah like the majority i i think i definitely saw some of that where people thought that eg was just straight trolling uh and they're like right blank checks to these players you know like if the budgets work make it happen um and even like they were like even if you're not that much better think of the brand power you have from signing these these players like there was there was some hard sales on they should have gone the double lift uh but i i mean i think the brand stuff always knew danny and jojo best players ever i always knew (laughs) (laughs) leave evil eg win i mean you know I mean, Same. the brand, the brand thing for me is part of the the interesting conversation around this, right? That like, if I mean, it's uh, it, it's funny to me because you know uh, I think the other way of looking at it from the way that Peter, I did not see the clip from of Peter talking about this, though I did see that Tim was Tim was making a video out of it, but like the other way of looking at it from what Peter was saying is like. EG made a very unpopular decision. They made the play, like, if they had only cared about their brand, then there was a very obvious play, which was Jensen and Doublelift. And so it's, it's, I think that that is part of why this decision is so interesting to me and why it deserves a lot of discussion at multiple points throughout the year because they opted in for two players who do not have huge brands. Obviously, Danny started to get a lot of attention at the end of last year, but if you asked the general League of Legends esports fan, or even just the general North American fan, who Danny is versus Double if you're going to see a pretty big divide. So, like, I think that it is, like, I, I fascinating. I take it full on the other way, where, like, Double Lift, that it seems like Double Lift's just a bad player. I don't think so. Like, it's that's not what... And that Double Lift wouldn't add value to EG. It it probably would, you know? And with Double Lift Jensen, they would still be a very, a very strong team. But Danny had a fantastic split, was a top eighty carry in his first split in LCS at this at such a young age. Like he's gonna be the absolute future, him and Jojo probably now, if if he does as well as Danny, of the whole organization. At a level that is at the start of spring, at the bare minimum, similar or very similar to to, to double lift. And the progress that you expect him to have is much bigger or should be much bigger than double lift where like as it should be because it's a normal thing his last year or two years were a bit more stale the curve of development was more stale so like if you're thinking about the whole year then that's why for me the 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 dl um danny cut is uh i mean easy to make a decision so pe- people are going to, uh, if I take any kind of counterpoint of this, people are just going to be like, oh, I was double lift or whatever. So I'm not even going to talk about double lift. Let's just say we're talking about him versus, you know, Danny versus like Uzi or pick a, a really popular European ADC or something. Hansama, I don't know. What, like the, the only question I have, Andre, or the only reason why I'm more doubtful is like LCS is littered with players who have had one good split and then did not like people thought tactical was like the second coming of God when he was playing in that summer, his first summer. 
yeah. then he obviously ha- did not have that good of a year. There's um, why can I not remember the Mike Young had like a great time at one point in time in the LCS and then like never achieved that again. And so I think for me that is why like it is exciting to see them make such a big bet on somebody because I do think there is at least some gamble. Like it is disingenuous in my mind for people to just assume like like that or to not recognize that EG is making a bet because one somebody who's had like one good split does not is not guaranteed to continue to have great splits. Um, I completely agree with you, but the people that have the best information to make that decision are the people that work with him throughout the year and none of us and none of the Redditors. Those are the ones that should make that decision because they have way more information than any of us. And if they are wrong, they should be the ones to blame if they are wrong. But if they are right, they should also get the praise. Yes. The reality of it is that we don't have access to EGComs. We don't have access to how Danny behaves on a, on a day-to-day, and they do. So whenever are things like this, I always choose to trust in the decision of the people that have the most amount of information. The other thing I'll say too, and this is something Double have talked about in his like little uh, discussion over the weekend was like, just because you're a veteran doesn't mean that you're stagnant in your play. Like you can get better, you can get worse, you can continue to grow and learn new things because the game changes all the time. And I think you can look at a player like Aframu, who's a super long veteran, and he's had better splits you know depending on the year despite playing forever you know like they do change but i think part of the things that you're weighing as a as a gm is like not just how do you build the most immediately good roster but to something andre mentioned like long term future like a player who has come and gone a couple times throughout his career and has had splits that he seems to not put the effort in versus like andre saying a very young player who's probably still uh, you know, 4,000% committed to professional League of Legends. Uh, I can see why, with the experience they had with him, they would choose to to continue to believe in Danny because you have a potential fr- like franchise player on your hands that you can you know build up and build around. I think this is a discussion that could go, obviously, for for ages. Um, yeah. I'm just I'm just excited to see what a G what a G can do. I think, I think we talked a lot, or during the offseason, a lot of us talked about how Cloud9 or LS is able to put his ideas to test, right? Mm-hmm. I think same can be said to EG. Peter Dunn, with his bet on rookies, worked in, in EU. Can it work in NA? Let's see. This is the year where we'll see. I think it will. I'll be happy to be proven right or wrong. Just excited to see. And, by the way, Empire, who I love, and I'm not trying to... To flame, but said in chat, talk about which other teams should go for a double F plus Jensen package. Stop isolating the topic to EGLL, nine other teams in the league. Should it be the five teams that they would have never joined? Or like, like should... Yeah, I, like, think, I think that takes a bit. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's very, like, there was one team that this TSM could have done it. Just TSM. We saw how that went. Uh <laughs> It's well, literally that, just TSM. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's a little disingenuous to say that, like, why is everyone focusing on EG? Because EG had the fucking offer to do this on the table, and they did not take it. Um, there were not nine other teams who could have could have done the this. The double if would actually want to join TSM, right? So yeah, like yeah, maybe yeah. it was actually just EG. Yes, but it's like, but if it was only just EG, then like, why are we putting the responsibility of if Jensen and Double Lift 
don't have a team is purely because of EG. I don't. How think dare CLG not go for double lift and Jensen? They would have been know, clamoring to sign. Couldn't you see double lift rocking the Golden Guardians gold? Couldn't you just see him in that jersey? Poor Blaze never in a million. Blaze. Never in you. I, I honestly think that there is a high chance, especially especially for Jensen, that a team makes a change between spring and summer. Think that if your mid laner doesn't work, you do have yeah. a lot of options. It was a weird um, off season for mid laners. Jensen, Niski, Chizuka. So let's see. Well, before our final caller, we're going to take our final break of the night to mention, and and Kyoto, you can hide yourself if you need to for sponsor conflicts. Game Fuel, Mountain Dew Game Fuel, a delicious product uh, that. Uh, Mark and I enjoy. In fact, this can matches my shirt tonight. I'm drinking the Charged Orange Storm. Mark is drinking. Is that the watermelon one? Mark, I don't know if we get sponsor renewals whenever you start yes. licking the can on. on Why? There. Even the can tastes good. I can't help it. You get. To be clear, we are not uh, suggesting not that flavored, as a feature of the I'm product. Not saying eat it or yeah, it's just I like. It we just are not suggesting. Dear God. Uh, okay. <laughs> anyway, please go to gatefield.com slash Travis and check them out. You can use code Travis to save 5% at uh, checkout. They make wonderful uh, uh, packages of drinks, wonderful products, including uh, the variety pack, which is what I recommend. And I saw some people purchasing that, I think, in the past week, tweeting about it. If you've never tried Mountain Dew Gamefield before, you can order the variety pack and try out some different uh, flavors and find out which one is best for you but hopefully you enjoy multiple of them so uh just really appreciate everything uh, that game has done for us in the past year it's uh coming up on a year since we were able to announce them and uh it's been fantastic seeing jack in the chat good to see you jack hope all's well um but uh yeah we love game feel thank you for sponsoring the show if you're watching on youtube you can check the link in the description which i'd really appreciate you can also do exclamation mark game feel in the chat uh, thank you, Gamefield. We love Gamefield. All right. Ready for our final call of the night. Jack, you missed the call that was about uh, how C9 were going to crush it the rest of the year. Um, and already we're doing it with the uh, LS on it. Uh, Sully is here. Sully, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Toronto, Canada, where we had a huge snowstorm today. Toronto, Canada. Huge snowstorm? Wow. Oh, yeah. We were, I had to dig myself out of my apartment earlier today. It took me like three hours. Oh, wow. It's like four or five feet of snow. Oh, I'm so glad I no longer live anywhere with snow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if, if we're closed down in Canada, you know, you can imagine how bad you, it has to be. You had to dig, so you open the door and it's just a wall of snow? Yeah. I'm, I'm in like a walkout basement apartment and there was like literally like a wall of snow. I had to like dig out. Jesus. Uh, well, what do you want to talk about on the show? So my take is uh, I'm an, I'm an average LCS fan. I always I always hear Travis going on and on about how like you need to appeal more to average LCS fans. Are you an average LCS fan? You're watching and calling I'm, into Hotline League on a on an evening. I'm, right? I'm an average. I have never ever posted a take for Hotline League until today. In fact, I had to go and get my baby who woke up when Mark was like, "Hey, come and take my take," because that's how average. Do LCS you go to Reddit? I have never had a Reddit account. Ever. Okay. How much else well, do you watch? Doesn't mean you don't go to Reddit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. most weeks can go to Reddit weeks, without right. Reddit account. 
no i i don't i don't do anything on reddit i don't have time uh how much lcs do you watch with a full-time job and and a kid and another kid on the way so congratulations congratulations well thanks nice brag Um, but how much time do you spend watching lcs yeah i know you got to get that humble break i i have not sat down to watch a like an actual week of lcs probably in like a year i always catch the highlights okay i never feel like it's it's worth my time investment to sit down on like a weekend do you you watch watch international play i watched i think the group stage until na was eliminated (laughs) and then i stopped watching there was like I kept other. up with what happened, but like I didn't like I wasn't invested enough to actually like ever tune into a stream. Okay, but you still have strong this, opinions about it. If if this isn't the I, average I LCS fan, strong opinions. It's a good cosplay. If it's yeah, not yeah, no, I agree, yeah. I agree, I agree. Well, see, I'm one of that 36 percent of people who didn't watch last week. So, you know, like oh. I'm in that statistic. You know, so I shoot your wait, there's a statistic. Where's the what's the so, statistic? Oh, you didn't see this? Oh, I saw someone else put a take of like thirty, like lock-in viewership was down thirty-six percent from last year. So I'm just kind of stealing that person. I did not see that. Why didn't we pull that take? Uh, okay, because uh, uh, <laughs> they used that stat, but the te- then the take went in like a, into left field a little bit. Okay, uh, yeah, it did. It definitely did. Um, so so either way, I mean, we can maybe combo that. Oh, a little it was bit Dave. Here, but... um, sure. Okay, Sully. Sorry, go ahead. What's your average LCS so- fan uh, accepted? What is your take? <laughs> my my take is I, I'm I'm very confused about what the point of lock in is this year because when we were when last year I I had tuned into Hotline like I I watched the VOD um, and Peter Dunn was in here saying like oh like most teams will have their full LCS roster and like the few times that I could actually like peep like an LCS highlight from the like the first day of lock in you know all I see is like there's like there's no full at like LCS rosters Most yeah there were only four have some there yeah. were four yeah. there's only, when, when did Peter say that he said it but he last, was confused last, last by line, team yeah. liquids lineup he thought that yeah like he, he, wouldn't play? On scrims. he considered you guys scrims. he considered you guys even without core JJ basically a full roster Yeah, I mean, I remember hearing something like that, so then I wanted Cordage to play because he said he wouldn't play. <laughs> no, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay, um, so sorry, so Sully. So I you're was, confused by what Lockin is. Continue on. I, well, I, kinda, I know what Lockin is, but I, I was, I'm confused about why, why should I, as an average LCS fan, watch it? Because it really feels like an invitational tournament, and it's the, like... The few times that I even peered at a game, it was like it was it was it was a complete like blowout for the team that had more LCS caliber players on their roster compared to the team that they were facing, you know. And like that's not entertaining League of Legends. Like I don't want to watch a game where like one team just blows out the other team. Like I'm you, not that invested. You I did think, not watch Block and Last. For example, the TLEG game is a better game to watch than. It is, yeah. Ninety percent right. like, of the then, games then, last like, year, even then, this like, young. Yes, that's true. And also, like most of TSM's games from Lockin and all of Immortals games. So you know, like it, it's why well, I don't really understand. Like I want to understand what the mindset is of like teams going in. Like mm-hmm. why? Why should sell me? Why should I be invested and in, like spend spend whatever like free time I have watching Lockin? Well, one, one point I'll I'll give to I'll throw in support of Sully as. I don't necessarily think this myself, but I can see the average LCS fan thinking this, is that, like, realistically, we played 15 games, and looking at the matchups on paper, there was maybe two you were excited for, EGTL and 
Oh, wait, 100 Thieves C9 didn't even play. Yeah, it's going to be next week. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it like, was like one game that you are actually interested. Yeah. Yeah, because two, two of the roster, like I personally love CLG lineup. And I, I enjoyed watching their games. Um, FlyQuest, I was watching their stuff. But like a lot of the teams that did have their full lineup were not the big brand name teams. TSM was vacant. C9, I still enjoyed watching, but it wasn't really the, the this Korean lineup that had some more players coming in and stuff. So like I can understand why the average LCS fan might look at those games and just toss them out the window. Because it's like, oh, this isn't even their lineup. I don't care. Did you know, Sully, by the way, that that was not TSM's lineup? What the? I knew that I knew basically what their lineup was gonna be with like the they had like the new imports and they were going mm-hmm. in a new direction, but I didn't know what lineup they were gonna play in Lockin. I, I, I actually have a few reasons for you to watch Lockin. Okay, I think that Riot didn't do the best job selling Lockin because I think that Riot should know that half or more than half of the teams will not be completed because we are in the pandemic situation and in a region that imports a lot of their players. Even players that um, don't count as imports, if they went home for Christmas, can. And if they are in need of renewing um, visa in case that they are of the grandfathered, um, they will still have some delays. Um, I think the way that you can sell it is through points of uh, interest that were created during the off-season where you have the first glimpse on. Stuff like, I think you should turn into C9 games to see how Fudge is doing mid, because that was a big thing. Is C9 ever going to pick ver- first pick for Necton now that they have LS? Or is that a thing that they will save only when uh, when uh, when their top laner is here? Uh, are they going to play Mages mid? Um, is... Uh, is um, Blabber gonna adopt a more full clear style instead of which LS really likes instead of like trying to do this cheesy ganks and the the the, the contest of uh, of crabs and whatnot. But mainly like if, even if it's just as simple of I want to see how Fudge is doing mid, this will define if C9 has success or not. I think that's a good point to see. Yell Bjergsen is coming back uh, from a year of coaching. Is he still the same Bjergsen or not as before? Um, have the opportunity to see Hansama, even if they don't have the same, the same, um, uh, the the, the Hansama core bot lane. You go to 100 Thieves. Are they gonna do now that they are the champions? Hype them up as the as the defending champions. Um, what other roster is complete? You go to IMT. They managed to get fifth place last year. They, in theory, just upgraded mid and AD. Are they gonna be? Are they gonna show that they are contenders? This is their rost- This is their tournament to win. Since a lot of the teams are um, are failing, another topic for all the other teams, the bottom teams, academy teams. Uh, every a lot of people are asking that LCS bottom teams are absolutely trash. That there should be a tournament that involves academy and, and LCS bottom teams. Well, here's your chance. A TSM Academy just beat. Correct me if I'm wrong. FlyQuest. So you can mm-hmm. see academy teams can beat bottom LCS teams. That is a thing that is confirmed. That timeline can be confirmed. Like there are a lot of small storylines, stuff like I want to see TL versus IMT because like there is my relationship with him, there is the Bjergsen with against PoE. Like it's just a matter of how does Riot exploit it. And if Riot exploits us in explores it in a way of like locking is a very important tournament, it's gonna be trash. 
if Riot exploits it to this is the first glimpse that you can have to these storylines and we are going to explore and shove it down your throat with these storylines, then Locken becomes interesting. That is my take. I will say, I'm sorry, Mark, that I was a little surprised that 20 minutes of the start of the broadcast on Friday was like, Raz is twerking. Watch Raz twerk. Um, I saw more Raz twerking, I think, than I ever needed to see on the LCS broadcast during that time. Um, like a lot of just going through tweets, like community tweets or whatever. Um, I think I would have, I kind of agree with the idea of like, it would have been really cool to prime the, spend the first 30 minutes kind of priming like, okay guys, what's the deal with Lockett? Well, first off, let's address the elephant in the room. Ha ha. Some of these teams are running like subs or whatever. Um, here's like a couple of quick hits from like the coaches or some folks on like whether or not they what their goals are for lock-in like hearing each of the teams kind of talk about their their goals or whatever and then yeah like a, a pretty big profile on a lot of the, the little stories that that Kyoto had mentioned like it it like so my understanding i will say is that uh, a lot of like the hype. Well, here I'll just say this. I don't know if I should say this, uh, but I haven't. Oh been my told god, he's he's just gonna say it. No, no, no. Right. It's not that spicy. It's just like they oh they had god. a. Um, I posted two interviews from Asset Week where they were shooting all this cool stuff with all these players and all these teams and all this stuff, and then because of the COVID surge in LA, they were only able to get I think like half of it done. I mean, on the days that I was supposed to go, we only got one of the the days done out of the five. And so I know that they are hoping to get a lot of stuff done uh, going in, in for like the start of season versus start lock-in. Still, I am confused at some of the decisions that they made in storytelling on the broadcast and on some of like the early messaging beforehand. Like I still, I know I kind of talked about the, the countdown to lock-in that they did on the, on the Twitter stuff last time where they were putting like highlight reels out from all the, the previous years or whatever. But like, I, I do agree with Kyoto that like I wish they had done sort of more storytelling for what the stakes are with Lock-In. And maybe you guys did and I missed it on some of the later days because I will say that I was checking in on some of the, the co-streams, so I do want to be honest about that stuff. But like, I don't know. The, fr the Friday starting broadcast to me was like very confusing. I think that that stuff is fine on like week three of the LCS or week four, but it's such a strange way to start off like the new year to have so much like goofy stuff happening. Um, uh, I don't know. So, so Sully, the, I, Gyoto took it in that direction. And I think it was like a good way to answer your mm -hmm. question. I think the other thing I would ask you is like, did you watch lock in last year? Yeah, I watched all of lock in last year. Did you like it? Uh, I thought lock in was really great. I so, thought that the, it was really cool to see like all the new lineups and like to see like, cause like the, the off season last year was, was, was really hype. Right. I mean, yeah. a lot of the, the and this wasn't the, the acquisitions didn't work out, but I mean, it, well, I mean, like we didn't have it. We had like the EG's jungler, right? Which was, I would say, like the only person comparable to like the perks and Alfari Alf pickups of last year, right? But then there were both of those, and like Sir? a lot of strong teams. Excuse and there was a lot of stuff me. Going on, someone right? might have like, unretired. Perks, perks, perks coming to NA was like the biggest. I don't know that I know I only Travis saw that coming. 
Nobody, I don't, I don't know what anybody saw it coming. Han, Me and Han my Sama. average LCS brain did not see that coming. Bjergsen. Han Sama's pretty Hans hype, I guess. But... Inspired. Vulcan leaving C9. Bwipo. Um, Bwipo. Right, I'm an LCS fan. Pudge. Right? Like, Pudge. Well, I mean, I will Pudge say that going, like, Pudge going to mid lane. Like... LS, LS uh, being able to apply the things that he has been preaching for so long in, on, on, uh, on, on a team. You had one yeah. of the best top players in LCK joining joining NA. Uh, you had people from LCK Academy coming. You had TSM that is basically just doing a completely unknown for most of the fans uh, in 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 LPL. Like, I'm not saying that last last off season was hyped or not, but this off season was was really fucking hyped. There was a lot of things. I'm not happening. saying I'm not saying it wasn't, but I think that like last off season was like the most hyped off season we've ever had. Well, I do. I do you mean the two two ones two off seasons ago? Uh, you're you're saying yeah. before the twenty twenty one season. Was more, yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I think feel this one is more. No, no, Kyoto. To to Sully's point, I think even if this one was more, the last the the one before had very a very easy narrative, right? Which is like double lift and Bjergsen are gone. The the three oh, yeah, yeah yeah the three emperors are coming in from you know an Alfari perks and Sword Art to the three big teams, and they're all going to do some big stuff like. But, but but let me let me let me actually give the caller an example. Like, let's say that you turn into broadcast, right? First game is uh, C9. C9 is playing. Okay. Like, do you do you care if broadcast is saying, uh, "Let's see how C9 plays. This is how I think the C9 roster will do in Spring Split." Do you care about that? Like, but this doesn't really affect Spring Split. You know I mean? Exactly, but that's what's being told. They are talking about like the future instead of the things that are about to happen in the screen. Like, no offense, but like if if I'm a viewer, I really don't care about C9 talk at all. I care about how our C9's rafts gonna be because of LS, even if he's not drafting. Pretend he is. You can do it as a broadcast. They are talking every day, and I want to know like how the fuck Fudge is gonna play. So, like, the only thing that I want to see on the pregame of C9 is some clips of LS ideas that he said on, 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 on stream, some, um, some fudge stats from top lane, and how can that translate into mid lane? Did he have big CS, D, uh, big CS difference against the enemy top laners? Can he have it on mid lane? Why is he playing in solo queue? Like, that's the only thing I care. I don't care how Sven and Niles are, are going to... I actually... Not Sven and Niles. I don't care how Berserker is going to play because he's not playing in, in the lock-in. That's not what I'm going to be able to, to, to see. Show me that when, when you have Spring Split, you know? Right now, focus, focus me on Fudge. Focus me on the drafts in LS. Focus, focus on that. Don't need anything yeah, else. Me the other way, because apparently they're not doing the things that you're saying. Yes, I know, but I'm not saying it's because it's, it's, your, it's your bad that... Uh, I'm not saying it's your bad that you're not watching. I'm saying that, like, you just don't have incentives to watch when the first contact that you have is either Raz uh, twerking or people talking about, I think that C9 with their full roster can actually compete for a top spot uh, for, for Worlds. Or I, can, I think they can win a split. Or, wow, 100 Thieves didn't make any change. I think they can win split again. Instead of, like, 100 Thieves just brought tenacity. He had this split in Academy. Like, the game before tenacity plays. Focus only on tenacity. Only tenacity matters. 
the tenacity would be the only reason why me as a viewer would want to watch a 100 Thieves game. It's just that. I mean, yeah. you, know, it's just, you, you guys are agreeing, by the on way. The specific things. Yeah, well, but just so you know, he's not going in. But I'm just like, I'm he's just very passionate. I'm just like ranting around is just because that's what I feel that the point of lock in should not be to, to hype up the teams from Spring Split, should be to hype up the moves that are going to happen in, in lock in. Yeah. So hype Bjergsen coming back from retirement. Like the JoJo versus the JoJo versus Bjergsen matchup should have had like a segment of two, three minutes before the match. Old versus new. Boom. Bring it in. Hype like C9, I've talked I've talked a lot. When we play versus TL and there's no coach versus player narrative going on, it's it's really bad. Like it's just it's just bad. Like you, we just have to focus on broadcast to bring the things that people are gonna see, and not set up expectations of the full rosters in Spring Split. That's not why people would watch Lock It. Do that in Spring. I mean, I agree. Um, I was, I was going, I, I was going to give my much less based. Uh, take on this, which is a little bit more practical, but, but no uh, one Gyoto, wants to hear it anymore. Gyoto is very impassioned, and so I appreciate him him doing this. And yeah, now it's not as cool. But the the simple thing here, Sully, is everything Gyoto just said. I agree with the other thing is lock in was a good tournament last year. I don't think that they need. I don't know if Riot knew how bad things were going to be for the start of this year in terms of visas and getting players and their full rosters and all that stuff. Um, I think if this is what lock-in looks like every year, then yeah, maybe you don't do it. I don't know what you do instead. The question is like, are you delaying LCS for like three weeks when every other league in the world is like starting off? That feels bad. Do you start LCS whenever like people don't have their rosters in yet? That looks we'll bad. Um, oh, who's saying hello? Who's in the background? It's it's Ben. Ben. Okay, nice. Oh, ben. I love his. I loved his work moving the the backdrop into the oh, the background. And now Joanna came in uh, on her pajamas. Anyway, Joanna, anyway, get, my point get is Ben out of there. <laughs> get out of here. My point is, I think this lock in feels really bad. I don't want people February. to shit on lock in so much because I don't want lock in to disappear as a product. Because I think in a normal year or in a better year, it's much better. I agree with Kyoto though that the broadcast is not doing a great job of it. And there's a, a single man who's responsible for it, and he keeps escaping the camera right now, uh, trying to hide himself. Uh, we all know to blame Mark. My, we're echoing a bit over Gyoto's uh, microphone right now because I'm so loud. Um, either way, Mark, do you have anything yes. to say for yourself as you no. have to salvage what relationship <laughs> you have with the LCS broadcast? This is not a good... I don't like where this call ends up going. <laughs> I don't like where this went. Uh, well, here, shout out here. Everybody, please <laughs> recognize that Mark had the balls to pull this take, even though, obviously, he's trying to, quote-unquote, earn I his I thought spot we would back. just sell the average LCS viewer on why to watch. <laughs> I don't know what the bloop was. Anyway, okay. Yeah, what was that bloop? It, it, it started that way. It, yeah. was, it, was, it had an optimistic beginning. Uh, Sully, thanks for your call. It's like okay, Marks. What we did, or at least what I tried to do, is sell the caller. No, no, you're, on, you're good. You're on good. Why to watch? But I think that Riot should sell the other people in the similar situation of the caller to watch as well. Um, 
Thank you. Thank you, uh, Sully, for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, well, I'll shout out my toddler for staying asleep long enough for me to be on the, on the <laughs> show. Um, I'll shout out uh, Gilotto. I think that him and uh, Inero should should get a show, like a, a talk show, and name it, you know, Flame by Your Coach. And just Inero, Inero starts basketball. Them. We can't <laughs> do anything together. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Actually, <laughs> am I? <laughs> I don't know if you are. No. Uh, yeah, I'm just happy to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you for thank you for coming on. It's a great topic, and uh, it cost Mark probably uh, even more broadcast time. But you know, I appreciate you for taking for taking it. Thanks so much for calling, and we'll catch you next time. All right. Uh, yeah, uh, well, let's start with Mark. Mark, you have any shout outs? What do you want to promote? What's going on? Uh, I recorded a Blaine game today. I did it live on stream. I showed all my research, showed uh, me recording it, showed me editing an assembly cut of it together. So if anyone's ever curious about how I make the Blaine game, go ahead and follow my Twitch. I'll be making them every Monday morning. And then I play some Genshin on stream as well. Uh, shout out Travis's YouTube channel where all this shit goes, all my league content. And uh, that's mostly it. My my personal YouTube's taking a hit with how busy I ended up being last week and maybe this week as well. But I'll I'll be doing a lot more of that when when things settle down too. Insanity in chat <laughs> says stick to Genshin content, Mark Z. Oh fuck! Do you, do you play Genshin and Sandy? If so, maybe we should have you on Resin Refresh, which we're doing tomorrow with Atsu. <laughs> Showed up out of nowhere and took a shot at me. Ouch. I know. I know. Mark, poor Mark. Mark's just been having a tough episode. I feel <laughs> like getting uh, kicked today. Uh, but sh uh, sh we're tomorrow we're doing Resin Refresh with uh, with Atsu. So if you guys do like Genshin content, please tune into that. Make sure you catch it on either live or on uh, the Genshin channel. Also, I interviewed Mary and Pippin from Lord of the Rings on Rift Reaction, the the podcast I normally do with Emily. Unfortunately, she couldn't make it to that episode. She was very apologetic that I had that she couldn't make it, and I had to interview Mary and Pippin all by myself. And I was trying to be like, it's okay. You can skip this episode. It's fine. I've got it. Uh, but it was super fun. And it was an amazing interview. And th th those guys love League of Legends. And Dom, like Dominic Monaghan, uh, I was like, do you have any favorite players? So he's like, he gave like the I love Faker, you know, thing. And then he got into, he's like, but like, by the way, Dopa is amazing. He's like a person who's never been able to play before. It has this amazing storyline. He's like, there's a player named Chovy, right? Because like Chovy was sick. It was fantastic. Uh, it's on Spotify. Look up uh, Rift Reaction. It's so good. Highly recommend. I was having so much fun. Uh, Kyoto, finally, what do you want to shout out? Anything you want to plug? Shout out, obviously, to Alienware. Of course, uh, Monster. Um you see here, you see, and here, Honda. I still need to memorize all our sponsors. Uh, help me out here, uh, Travis. Jersey Mike's Coinbase. Jo Jersey, Jersey Mike's. Mike's. Um, S S A P. S A P. Uh, yes. Uh, they, po Pornhub. They help me with the data. <laughs> nope. <Shut> up. <laughs> Uh, I'm on the partners yeah, page. Shout out Verizon, to obviously, also to Verizon, also to TL and all the viewers. I think those questions were very, very good. Really enjoyed to be here. So shout out to you too as well, and good luck on the broadcast meetings, Mark. 
Verizon, <laughs> Thanks, man. Bud Light, Secret Lab, Hoya, HyperX, King Sandwiches there, IMC, and I think you got everybody else. There you go. Let's go. Thanks Thank for coming you. on, Gilhote. This yeah. is actually a banger episode. Yeah, yeah. this was super fun. Uh, I appreciate the invite. Um, I will wrap up the show now, but please, uh, we, we put, post all this stuff on uh, Spotify and other po- uh, podcast platforms, so if you want to go do that, please do. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Mark's got an episode coming out. I've got a ton of interviews coming out. It's going to be a big week. Thank you to Grubhub uh, for sponsoring us. Uh, you're going to hear about them a whole lot this year, and there's going to be some cool content. So thanks again, everyone. This has been Hotline League, episode 204.